All right. Time uh, dot is. Time dot is. You recording? I am recording. Wonderful. Let's go on the 35. Nice. That felt really good. That was a, that was a nice clean clap. Good clean clap. I'm always happy to give you the clap, Tyler. God damn it. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Zing. Um <laughs> shit. I had this whole like here's a little riff they'll do to open the show and then you come at me with this shit. <laughs> I got fucking nothing, man. What do you uh, want to talk about? I, I got, I got you good. Okay, let's let's uh, let's do the podcast. It's your show now, Jimmy. You <laughs> you lead the opening. <laughs> Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. I'm Jimmy. Harder than it looks, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm Tyler. <laughs> and this week we are doing episode 30 of season 2, Shadow of a Duel. Uh, the translated title is Ghost Deck versus Occult Deck, which is definitely something that they would have censored. Uh, because there's no way they're going to let suburban moms see something like a cult deck in their TV guide. That's Jimmy, you told me that canceled. this Yu-Gi-Oh! was a good Christian boy. <laughs> it is not, especially not this episode. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, this is a, this is an episode and a half here, Jimmy. <laughs> Some stuff happens. Some stuff happens. Spooky things happen. Do you have anything that you want to talk about before we get into the episode? Because I feel like a lot happened to me this week, and I just, like, I have some stuff I need to get off my chest, but I noticed that you have some notes as well. Uh, I just noticed that um, Byleth from Fire Emblem is now out in Smash. Downloaded them last yeah. night. Um, there are a lot of people whining about their inclusion for being an anime sword boy, but not necessarily a boy. Also, not really a sword boy. Yeah... Yeah, I mean, people there's... were complaining that like their move set could be just used by a sword, but that's just silly because hmm. they have an axe and a bow and a lance. Right. As we all know, bows are just flying swords. Axes are just big, <laughs> heavy swords. Wide, wide swords and long swords. <laughs> wide swords and long swords. Guns are just super tiny swords that come at you real fast right (laughs) (laughs) too many sword boys in super smash brothers there's a lot of sword boys in smash bros i'm really curious what they're gonna do in the next fighter pack because it's six people now right they're gonna add six more fighters we're just putting a lot of boys in this game that's a lot of boys that's a lot of boys i 
am like trying to think of what other popular franchises Nintendo has access to that they can put in Smash Brothers. And I think there's just going to come a point where we have to put the Doom guy in there. People are clamoring for Doom guy. But the problem with that is now he's also a sword boy. That's true. He does have that sword in um in the new Doom game that's coming out, right? Yeah, it's Doom like Eternal. It's like a plasma sword or something. He's a he's a sword boy now. <laughs> Good. And I think I think people are just going to be angry like, "Hey, we finally got Doom guy. Oh, he's a sword boy." Ah, ah beans. But I'm really still holding I, out for Phoenix Wright. Oh, I have no objections to that. A finger guns. Anyway, I thought Byleth would play like the other Fire Emblem characters, but he's really more of like uh, a more mobile Ganondorf. He's oh. A big, slow, tanky boy who has a bow and these like long reaching attacks. So it's pretty fun. Man, I remember the days when saying more mobile Ganondorf meant Captain Falcon. <laughs> <sighs> I miss those days. No, no. Ganondorf is a less mobile Captain Falcon. Well, with the sword now, they gave him stuff. Yeah. He does have a longer reach. He's useful now. He's not <laughs> He's not the Dan of Smash Bros. <laughs> he's not the punching bag. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe... Maybe... Should I get it back into Smash? I guess is my question. Just for one character? I don't know. That's really up to you. I've been having yeah. a lot of fun. If you like Fire Emblem... Uh, if you've been playing Three Houses, I would recommend getting Byleth because I think they're fun. And the, the stage is kind of fun. The Fire Emblem DLC is going to get me back into that. Yeah, the new Fire Emblem DLC where there's like a secret <laughs> a secret house living in the basement. Surprise, mole people. <laughs> mole people in our precious sewers. You know how when you get expelled from school, so you just go and hide in the basement? Yeah, as one does. As one does. You had some notes, too. I did. I'm okay. very interested in hearing your thoughts about Fast and Furious. Okay. All right. So I brought it up last episode. I have started watching Fast and Furious colon Spy Racers, a Netflix original animated series roughly based on the Fast and Furious franchise. I have some thoughts. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Uh, do you have the text chain uh, from when I first texted you about this show, Jimmy? Probably. Let me look it up. So I started watching this show a few days ago, and uh, my first text to you goes, this is Monday, 12.25 p.m. Oh, yes, here it is. Uh, so I'm trying the Fast and Furious TV show. And the best thing I could figure out to say about it at first was, it features memorable dialogue, such as, Sup, kids? The king of the road is here. To which uh, the the seminal character Echo replies, more like King Butt. Oh, got him. And that's maybe the best line for four episodes. Oh, no. That's within the first five minutes of episode oh, one. Oh, no. <laughs> um, there are some good things about this show. Uh, there are female characters that are not solely used as the flag wavers at the start of each race. They use oh, drones for that now, which is kind of fun. Ooh, fancy. Um, also, yeah, no, they're much better like, so you don't, there's no risk of a person getting run over exactly exactly uh they 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 have female characters that are actually characters there's like one good guy girl and one bad guy girl um there's also so you know it's fast and furious right so there's a spy organization it's a show about cars there's a spy organization 
um, the the head of this they used to just do crimes, and now it's just spies. Now it's spies. They're the good guys now. Uh, so the first episode is about Tony Stealing Toretto DVD players. Oh, <laughs> right. Uh, the first episode is about Tony Toretto, Dom Toretto's cousin. And he's like, sure. I don't know. He's like 18, maybe 20 at the oldest. It doesn't actually say. And so it's him and his crew, his friends who are all like weird wunderkinds in their own mm-hmm. right. Uh, and they who are also all really into cars who are also all really into cars. Of course, it's the natural fast and furious mechanic. There's mm-hmm. uh, the there's the driver. That's Tony or the or the like Dom, right? Like Dom is the driver of Fast and Furious. That's his thing is he drives the cars. Aren't they all drivers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's the good driver. He's the best driver out of them. There's uh, the mechanic. uh, And in this case, that's a mechanic named Cisco, because apparently when you have a useful character in a TV show, their name is going to be Cisco. Uh, there's loved him the, in Deep Space Nine. There's the, right. There's the uh, the, the tech. <laughs> he's literally just driving the station Deep Space Nine. <laughs> it's this mile long UFO hovering over the city. <laughs> We're gonna return to that because it feels that way sometimes in like a weird way that I can't quite explain. Um, but we have uh the girl uh who's echo i can't quite figure out what category to put echo into besides the girl she's kind of just good at everything which is really nice to have like a competent female character but she's like yeah i want to be a a punk skater genius hacker billionaire philanthropist playboy like i don't think the writers really know what her character is so she kind of just does whatever for the most part so far she skates graffitis things and puts lights on cars so she's the, just a punk. Just a punk, like, I guess. She she's like, the punk. Does she ever use her rollerblades to, like, ride behind a car? Not yet. I have a feeling okay. that's coming. Um, She did literally cover a car in lights, like, like disco lights at one point. So, like, I'm, I'm expecting that to kind of come back into play. Because that sounds like, uh, what's her name from, is it Neuromancer? Where she's... Oh, like Molly Million. Pizza... Yeah. Where she's, like... Ye- dro- Attaching to the pizza delivery car and riding behind it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and there there might be space for that later on. I, like I said, I'm only like f- three or four episodes in. So, uh, but the the best character is the the hacker archetype, the 13 year old hacker named Frosty Benson. No, what? Frosty? Snow, not Neuromancer. Snow Crash. Snow Crash. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Frosty Benson. <laughs> Frosty. F R O S T E E. Frosty okay. Benson. Frosty Benson is maybe the best character in the show because he is the wisecracking 13 year old hacker who apparently knows how to do everything with a computer. Uh, and, and he and stays is, and frosty the, while doing it. And he stays frosty while doing it. Love coming like home from work mouth. and having a nice Frosty Benson. Kicking back on my. <laughs> It just sounds like some weird drink. It does. Like, like it a does. cold, like a Benson would be the name of a beer. It right, Man, exactly. Love having me a frosty Benson. It's oh, and that, that's what I was gonna say. The other, the other like main female character is the the 
not leader of the spy organization, but sort of their point person in the spy organization, whose name the leader is leader of the bunch. You know him well, right? Apparently back to kicks the tail. <laughs> Her name is Ms. Nowhere. Ooh, uh, also a hacker. All not no, <laughs> no. Oh. Weirdly, so she's just the the sort of management, I guess, for this government organization. Um, so she Which like government? gives the kids their who knows. So she gives the kids their missions uh, and uh, apparently has some sort of relationship with Dom Toretto because uh, he's the one that introduces the kids to them. Oh, yeah. Dom shows up in this show. Uh, he looks like you sent you know, me a photo. You know, when you start a Bioware game and you go to create <laughs> your character and they give you just kind of that that shapeless mass at the start, that sort of default like white bald dude. Well, I played through Mass Effect with a character specifically designed to look like Vin Diesel. So, yes. So, yes, it's that. It's that model is Vin Diesel. <laughs> and it's it's Vin Diesel's voice. They got him or a very I haven't actually looked it up. It, I, they either got him or a very convincing facsimile uh, to play Dom Toretto. Um, but uh, uh, Ms. Nowhere is sort of the. She plays it like Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated, where all of her lines are... Have you seen Phineas and Ferb? I have not. You would like Phineas and Ferb. It came out after my time. Yeah. I never saw any Phineas and Ferb. You would like it. So so there's things like, like when the kids break into hack into some uh computer system run by the ostensible villain of the show to get a ticket to his secret underground race that is a front for his heist and they get in and she is freaking out because she wanted to call the shots in the op and she's like because if something goes wrong then dom's gonna get really mad at me and if this goes right then you're gonna be all high and mighty and then frosty's like it sounds like we put you in a a, a real pickle i'm sorry about that and she goes yes you did and frosty goes and i bet you hate pickles and then it cuts back and she's holding a jar of pickles and she's like eating one and she goes why would he say that and then, and then, and this is the weirdest part for me, is she has a sidekick that does all the actual work named Gary. And if you're familiar Gary. with the Fast and Furious franchise, think of, um, so Ms. Nowhere is effectively the Kurt Russell character. Mm-hmm. Gary is, <sighs> this makes me so sad, because Gary is playing the, uh, I believe his name is Luke uh uh eastman eastman eastwood eastwood luke eastwood clint eastwood's son what yeah 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 so he's in the fast and Fur- uh, furious franchise i don't know if you knew that he's kurt russell's assistant it's been a while since i've seen fast and furious in like in like eight, i'm not cut up in like seven I'm or eight he's in there the series. uh so it's that guy that character anyway but they put him in a like schlubby overweight like form and then just left everything else the same so he's like trying to crack wise he wants clearly wants to be doing something else it kind of sounds like the voice actor would rather be doing something else i don't know there's a lot to say about this show and i really want to finish watching it so i can give like a full overview of my thoughts and feelings i still can't tell the main character apart from the villain i don't they're they're identical 
that tweet you you put with their like side by side and they look almost exactly the same except one of them has like a widow's peak it's so upsetting i can't because it, the show opens with one of them doing crime and i was thinking wait a second that's the main boy is this a <laughs> is a this one. a crime show <laughs> i mean that would be more appropriate for fast and furious but yeah like the entire point of Fast and Furious at the beginning, anyway, was that the, all the crimes they were doing. I mean, it it became so much more. There's a. It's basically superheroes now. It is. It is. I mean, Idris Elba in Hobbs and Shaw calls himself Black Superman. I mean, that's just Idris Elba in real life, though. That's true. That's true. So anyway, so that's all I'm gonna say about that show for right now. I know that was quite a bit, but that's all I'm gonna say for now. Uh, the other news that I had, uh, I realized finally that the big games this weekend, yeah, not the not the dueling championship, the the Super Bowl is happening this Sunday, and I had no idea until uh, like three hours ago when I googled it, because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, isn't the Super Bowl coming up in a few weeks? Nope, it's in like three days. Yep, it always cracks me up when. There's like ads for products and they have to mention the big game because they couldn't get the rights to say the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Oh, which big game are you talking about? I I don't know. And it's only because of ads that I even bothered to look it up, specifically because there's been one ad that's been going around on Twitter. And this is going to be old news by the time that this show comes out. But RIP to Mr. Peanut. It's so tacky. They just killed Mr. Peanut. What the fuck are you guys doing over there? Okay, we should take a we should take a bet, Jimmy. How are they going to revive Mr. Peanut? Because you know Mr. Peanut's coming back. Is he going F- to fake his own death? Okay, fake his my my thought is his death was real, but there's going to be a new Mr. Peanut in town that is Mr. Peanut's estranged son that looks exactly like Mr. Peanut except he wears sneakers. And he has to take up the the mantle. Yeah, there's the gonna be a shot. Business. There's gonna be a shot of an animated hand picking a monocle up off the desk, and it's gonna <laughs> reveal a younger, a spitting image of Mr. Peanut. It'll be like he's in a gonna dark say, room no, no, no. with dramatic lighting. Mr. Uh, Peanut dust, was my father. <laughs> dust motes in the air. He like <laughs> comes into like the Peanut office, and it's like finally he like picks up the monocle, and he's like finally now I will kill and boil my fellow peanuts and sell their corpses <laughs> it's, it's my legacy <laughs> you get um you get fucking what's his name uh uh alfred from batman oh uh michael kane michael kane i'm michael kane it's time to come back to where you belong mr peanut i can't do michael <laughs> kane i'm so sorry <laughs> Now I'm now I'm intrigued now by this Mr. Peanut Batman verse. Yeah, I must assume the mantle. Bi- <laughs> Billionaire Mr. Peanut. Dad always wanted me to get into the family business. <laughs> Beating I'm... up people with his cane. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mr. Peanut was my father. I'm Peanut Man. <laughs> I need to become a symbol. It's literally just a peanut stuffed into a Batman outfit. We can totally uh... tell you're a peanut under there. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference between guys like me and guys like you? I'm a peanut. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, I I don't know the specifics of this. I just saw it on Twitter, but 
they were going to run more ads like mourning the death of Mr. Peanut between yeah. last week and the it's Super Bowl. And then up. they had to pull him because Kobe Bryant died and it was disrespectful to oh. show to, to like have all these ads mourning this like fictional character that you're killing off just for like ad purposes. Jesus. Just as a goof. I mean, and then like a real life celebrity died in a I mean, yeah, like poor, and poor one way. out for a real one, but also poor one out for a real person. <laughs> <laughs> An actual real person and not whatever stupid advertising stuff you're doing. What like I was about to say like what horrible timing. A they they wouldn't know, right? Is my first reaction to no. that. But also isn't this kind of just how the world works when you make some dumbass joke about like, ha ha, Mr. Peanut died. Like, you're gonna interrupt some bad news, my friend. Yeah, like, there's gonna, it's, it's 2020. There's going to, there's no one week where something bad is not going to happen. I'm just picturing, <laughs> like, some ad executive, like, reading the news, and then he's like, God damn it, he just, like, flips all the papers off his desk. <laughs> Hinging their entire ad campaign on no one, like, actually dying for a week before the Super Bowl. So they could, like, have all this, like, big reveal of Mr. Peanut dying and, like, mourning Mr. Peanut. (laughs) And bringing Mr. Peanut back somehow, I'm sure. I mean, in a way, in a way, it could be a good thing that Mr. Peanut died. Because there's that that rule of threes. (laughs) There's that rule of threes. Fuck, Mary kill Mr. Peanut. Uh, There's that rule of threes. Where celebrities die in threes, right? Uh-huh. So now that Mr. Peanut has died, technically it only has to be a rule of two. Yeah, he was a mascot. He he threw himself on that grenade for us. Right. So so in a way, Mr. Peanut has saved but the new world we live in, where we just keep killing off fictional mascots and have <laughs> our beloved celebrities live forever and die peacefully in their sleep instead of in some horrible way. I. You know what. I also think that there should just be like a national week where n- there is no bad news. There we can like, catch up on Monday, like on on the Monday of the following week. We can be like, "Here's all the actual shit that happened last week," and then we can be sad again. Yeah, just like every week, we just have radio silence on everything that happens in the world. Right, and just be like, "Please take take this one off. We got this. Come on." It's like the take purge. Some time off. It's the purge, but for, like, Fox News. <laughs> it's the purge, but for your mental health. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, R.I.P. Mr. Peanut. R.I.P. Mr. Peanut. R.I.P. Peanut. Hashtag R.I.P. Peanut. <laughs> um, Should we do, a, do an episode? Let's talk about some Yu-Gi-Oh. Do Take wanna... it away. Oh, okay, I was going to say, you, I mean, you did the intro. Do you want to do the... Now go ahead, do this. Okay. It's time to discuss the episode. This week, Jimmy, as you said so succinctly, we're talking about episode 30 of season two, Shadow of a Duel. The translated title is Ghost Deck versus Occult Deck. The summary here is to fulfill his plot with Merrick, Yami Bakura forcibly enters the tournament. After taking control of a badly injured Bakura, who was in the hospital in a coma after being attacked by his evil self, he looks for some locator cards and finds the perfect victims in the form of Bones and his gang. I mean, he doesn't take control of a badly injured Bakura. He already had Bakura. I, hmm, 
I wondered about this. Regular Bakura is just not here anymore. The, yeah, they kind of bring it up later on in the episode, but I think I think it's one of those situations where good Kura is kind of gone? Sir, not appearing in this film. R- yeah, like, There's please leave a message at the sound of the now. Bakura. Yeah. I mean, there were just too many boys. There were too There's many boys too... in that boy. Yeah. What uh, happened to him? I, he was well, uh, he was bio exorcised. Jesus. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> they kicked him out of the body. I have some theories. I have some theories. So first off, I want to say thank God for the recap. Right, the recap on this episode shows us the whole thing where uh, uh, Merrick and Bakura teamed up. They're just like, I'm evil. I too am evil. Cool. Let's work together. They literally do a our powers combined. And they like As they glow. Both glow. Yeah, we talked about that before. It's like, really four good. Episodes ago. I'm into it. I, I want. I want more of these good, good, evil boys. I'm. Re- I'm really into it. We're reminded that. Um. Wow. We both just yawned simultaneously. Maybe we're not as into it as we thought. Um. <laughs> we're. We're reminded that Merrick. Uh. Has an undercover identity. He is. Uh. Pretending to be Namu. Yeah. That he's which, used once. Yep. To trick Grandpa. Yep. And, uh, well, and, and Tristan and Taya. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought about that, actually. Tristan met Namu. He did. So technically, Tristan knows the person that was mind-controlling Joey and Taya. Technically. He doesn't know it was him, though. He, he doesn't know that it was him, but he's met. That's some interesting dramatic irony there. If only they yeah. would do something with that. Uh, no the, such uh, luck. The, the, the rest of the recap is just kind of what we did last episode, though. They had a duel. Everybody kind of won slash lost. Joey beat We're the mind all winners. control. Friendship is magic, etc., etc. And we come to the real episode, and the real episode starts with the gang celebrating the victory over Joey? Merrick, mind control, somebody lost, but everyone won. Ta-da! Joey specifically thanks Serenity for saving his life against all odds, and for the first thing uh, th- that she saw was her dumbass brother drowning half to death <laughs> with an anchor around his uh, his leg. But she jumped in and saved him, uh, and he goes, and now, and I can't, I can't do his voice. I've been drinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, yeah. Now you get to watch me duel. See, yeah. Uh, he he says, and now you get to watch all of my duels as I as I win my way to the top and I beat Kaiba in the championship and whatever the fuck else. My pull serenity inside and goes, okay, honestly, girl to girl, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm listen, a- listen here. She literally says, girlfriend, hey, girlfriend. You know I'm gonna kick your brother's ass. <laughs> Joey's Joey's great and all, and I'm really glad that you like your brother. But he's toast. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Serenity, but I'm going to have to beat the crap out of Yugi and Joey. And the best and then, part of this scene is at no point does Serenity protest. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. I right. love that Yugi's reaction to this trash talk is to like agree with her. Mm-hmm. He says, "Yes, I'm sure you'll be tough to beat, Mai." Like he doesn't have a, like a, a trash talking bone in his body. He's no, so supportive. His, his reaction is just to like uncomfortably laugh and affirm whatever anyone else is saying. Yep. 
Like, I'm sure if you had a face-to-face conversation with Merrick, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I guess you are going to mind control me, huh? <laughs> hey, how that'll about that? That'll be a real doozy, huh? That'll be a that'll real be doozy. Tough to, tough to wiggle out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's funny that, like, they're celebrating, like, everyone here literally almost just died. And so to celebrate, they're just hanging around at the docks and watching boats move cargo into them. I was promised at the end of the last episode, I was promised an Avengers type scene where they all got shawarma together. Because at the end of the last episode, they were like, hey, is anybody hungry? Let's go get some food. Yeah, they were going to go get something to eat. And do you know what doesn't happen in this episode? (laughs) They don't get anything to eat. Give me that good anime food, Jimmy. Yeah. Where's our Studio Ghibli meals? I want that. I want them. I want to see these boys eat ramen. I'm going to see Yugi get, like, an egg out of his ramen and just, like, slurp it. I'm just thinking about what the animators of the show would do to that. It would look bad. It would look bad. Anyway. So mm, This they... is a nice static JPEG of an egg. <laughs> that we moved one frame at a time. It's still just one image. Um, you can see the, like, Photoshop bounding box. And then, like, a cursor comes in and moves it up to his mouth. Like that, uh, like that Beyblade clip where it's the Beyblade flying against the backdrop of Moses parting the Red Sea, <laughs> and it's clearly just this static JPEG of a Beyblade with like Beyblades. articles around it. Um, so they, they, the the gang realizes that both Joey and Yugi now have six locator cards. So Joey loads his six locator cards into his dual di- uh, dual disc to find out where the tournament is being held. And it goes pew, and the dual disc itself, noticeably, has a, a hologram projector in it. Because usually it goes yeah. pew, and the, the hologram projectors shoot out the sides. But I guess Which there's is... another one specifically for the locator cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, it's The whole body of the dual disc kind of becomes a, a projector now, which is like, have you seen like Titan AE? The Matt Damon yes. animated film? So in that he has a he has a a ring or no it's it's i think it starts as a ring and then it's just like his fucking hand that in the right moonlight or whatever becomes a map it's very much like that where it's just like oh yes you've aligned the chakras and now your dual disc has become a map um i wonder though what and we brought this up before there's no real indication that the locator cards are different in any way. You just need six of them. What's stopping six friends from entering the tournament? Pardon me. From entering the tournament together and then just combining their locator cards to get the location of the, the finals? Well, we've seen that the dual discs are always online on the Internet of mm-hmm. Things. So presumably uh, they have DRM that's like locked to your account ah. when you win them. So Kaiba's effectively created like proto millennium items where they have to be one in a duel, otherwise they don't function. Well, that never occurred to me, but yes, he is making millennium items out of technology instead of magic. That's actually kind of badass. That's actually pretty badass. Okay, cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, so the computer voice is like, we're now calculating the the trajectory of the dueling arena, and it shows like a picture of an arena. Um. And then it fades out, and it fades into Bakura having a wet dream about Merrick. Yep. Ignoring that sentence you just uh-huh. said. Yep. 
They went to all the trouble to get the locator cards to find, like, the mysterious location of the finals. And it's just in the big, the only big stadium in the city that happens to be run by Kaiba Corp. Wow, what a shocker. Yeah, yeah. That's where the finals are. Yep. In this large building designed specifically for events. Yeah. Who would have thought? I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just got to let these things happen. Well, back to the awful thing you were just talking about. Okay, I made a joke. It's not a wet dream, but he is having a dream about Merrick. It seems like he's having a dream about Merrick because we cut to the hospital where Bakura is tossing and turning in bed. And in his like cloudy dream space, you see Bakura or bad Kura, pardon me, because the hair is different. And floating in from nowhere is Merrick. So they're meeting in this sort of slumbering sort of in between space dream the dream realm right so bad Cora says that just like he promised he quote took care of and even in the subtitles it was in air quotes took care of bakura fulfilling his promise to merrick i think he killed bakura (laughs) it's heavily implied that he killed bakura because he he, he There's refers no good to Kura anymore. poor British boy. Yeah, exactly. And he he he. This is the first time I think that bad Kura specifically refers to Bakura as being a separate person. I think you're right. And he says, "I took care of him." He gone. So, so I think he's gone. Boy, there's a lot of death in this episode. I'm really sorry, everybody. Jesus, this is we're gonna. <laughs> it's a real downer. Yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna get better, but. I know that it doesn't because there's some stuff that happens later that I don't want to talk about yet. Uh, unless so, this is like, you know what this is like, Tyler? It could be. Like? It's like at the end of Bionicle when the great spirit Matanui rises once again, but Makuta takes over his body and ejects Matanui in a mask into outer space. I think Bakura is out there somewhere still. Ugh, sorry, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. I fell asleep there for a second. Bakura could be out there. He could be out there somewhere. Totally. Like GX did some weird ass stuff with people being flung into space and coming back. We could see some Bakura something. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, So Merrick tells, I'm just going to say Bakura from now on. We'll just know that that means the, the trickster demon Bakura, whatever his name is. If we see good Kura again. Uh, we all we will definitely mention it, but yeah, Yami Bakura, we'll say until such a point in time, uh, Bakura refers here to the malevolent spirit. Yeah. Uh, so Merrick tells him that the next part of the plan is for Bakura to join the tournament and win the cards that Merrick desires, and only then will he give Bakura the Millennium Rod, which so they've talked about before. They've talked about before, like, and that was in the recap, and it was, hey, do you want this Millennium item? Cool, I want some cards. Let's let's make a deal. So, Bakura and Merrick are just recapping what we already know. Yeah. But Bakura is like, so, uh, since you're so smart, why don't you just win this tournament? And Merrick is just like, hey, shut up. <laughs> don't question me. <laughs> I'm an important man with things to do. <laughs> it's not my job. Uh, it's your job. And he just floats away. Yeah, he just kind of spiritually dissolves. He disintegrates. <laughs> he gets snapped away. 
<laughs> he just goes poof. I I don't feel so good, Mr. Bakura. <laughs> I, I don't, don't feel like so man. good, Mr. Bakura. Thank you. That's much better. Uh, I th- I think I was doing that it's voice me, because the next because <laughs> the next scene is Grandpa waking Bakura up. Hey, whoa! <laughs> yeah, Grandpa is there. No, so Bakura is there in his dreamscape, his mind palace, uh-huh. heaven. And then he looks down through a hole in the cloud that he's standing on. Right. <laughs> and, and Grandpa is just like shaking him. Like he's yeah, like looking out, down from heaven the and his dead body. It turns out that the dream space is physically six feet above your actual body. Yeah, he's having an out-of-body experience. So he looks mm-hmm. down and he sees Grandpa shaking him. Um, and uh, he, he re-enters his corpse and wakes up, pretends to be good Kura for like 30 seconds. And Grandpa goes, oh, I thought you were having a nightmare. By the way, Yugi and Joey called while you were asleep and they both qualified for the finals. <laughs> and then Bakura is just like fully drops the british accent like doesn't even try anymore and it's just like did they say where they were going (laughs) and grandpa unfazed goes uh no i forgot to ask whoops silly me and uh bakura's like all right fuck this shit i've got work to do (laughs) (laughs) this is my favorite scene this was great and and the Millennium Ring glows. It, it revs up to full power. And Grandpa just goes, oh, not again. <laughs> and passes out. He gets paralyzed. Yeah. This poor man. He can't go like two months without getting paralyzed by Millennium Items. The newest teen craze. <laughs> the kids are calling it Millennium Iteming. <laughs> Talk to your kids about Millennium Items and the <laughs> potent spiritual energies within. Do your kids know about the Shadow Realm? <laughs> so was the Millennium uh, yeah. Ring just like under his shirt? Because we've seen it before where it like glows and then suddenly it's like on the outside of his clothes. And I feel like Grandpa would have seen and recognized the Millennium Ring. Yeah, I'm trying to figure. I think it must have been either like cloaked of some kind or just under his shirt. But it does seem to appear and disappear at Magic. will. Yeah. Because Grandpa would have been all over that shit, because he's like an Egyptologist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It makes me wonder, like, do the other Millennium items have a similar power? Does Yugi have to be walking around with this big-ass chain? (laughs) Or could he just make it disappear when he needs it to get out of the way? Now I'm picturing him, like, trying to hide it under his shirt, but he just has, like, a giant spike sticking out from his school (laughs) uniform. (laughs) And everyone's like, Yugi, what's that under your shirt? He's like, oh, I don't know. Nothing. He, it's just he gets my stopped chest. leaving every store he goes to. <laughs> hey, kid, you're trying to steal that? Oh, sorry. He walks through a metal detector. It just like, <laughs> beep, beep, beep. son, why do you have a solid gold puzzle pyramid around your neck on I a mean, giant heavy chain? He's going to get that question anyway. Like, Yami Yugi is landlocked at this point. He's not getting through security anywhere. <laughs> he can't go on a plane. He has to be checked into the luggage. Oh, no. <laughs> Yami Yugi is just like spiritually in the cargo hold. Yugi, this I am sucks. communicating to you from the cargo. <laughs> Can you ask them to turn on the heat down here like they do for dogs? <laughs> Our spiritual bond is allowing me to watch the in-flight movie. <laughs> 
Boy, they've been really rude in the way they treat luggage. I'm upside down. Can you help me? Yugi, can you get some more of those peanuts? I think some of the nutritional value is washing off on me. Some sort of spiritual osmosis. Yugi, can you get me a cup of apple juice and one of those biscuits? It's the only good part of flying. <laughs> Yugi is waiting, like, at the baggage claim for him. Then, like, his bag comes up and, like, rolls, like, thump, 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 thump down the ramp. And it's like, <laughs> Yugi and, uh... Yami Yugi, they're like, oof, ow, ah, ouch. <laughs> Yugi's just watching from the window, wincing every time it falls a little yeah. bit more. He can, like, see his, like, spiritual form, which is, like, Big Yugi just kind of, like, superimposed on the bag, and he's just, like, getting flipped upside down. And he's 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 constrained to the dimensions of the suitcase, yeah. so he's, like, stuck in there, like, trying to squeeze his way out. He comes around the, the baggage carousel, right? And he's just, like lounging on top of the bag just completely like bedraggled please come pick me up i'm at carousel b2 (laughs) oh god what if the luggage gets lost help me (laughs) some like midwestern mom comes and like picks up the bag because it's like a perfect match to her luggage oh no she becomes the new pharaoh yami carol I would watch the fuck out of that show. Jesus. Oh, I'm Yami Carroll, don't you know? Oh, just gonna squeeze right by you there. I'm gonna go home and make myself a delicious Egyptian casserole. Somebody cuts Yami Carroll off in the grocery store. (laughs) Mind crush! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I want to speak to your manager. This week on Fox Kids, Carol's book club is about to get interesting. Look at this book I picked up at church, Yugi. It's called The Purpose Driven Life. (laughs) Susan was wearing the same necklace I was. Okay, now you, you kids, you don't go doing drugs at school there. Yeah, Mom, we know. If you do drugs, you'll go to hell. No, heck no! You're going to go to the Shadow Realm, don't you know? (laughs) I don't know why we decided she's Minnesotan, but, you know, say la vie. Uh, All right, we got to move on to this episode. A deep Minnesotan accent, and I just can't figure out how to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. what would Minnesotan Yami sound like? It's time to duel, don't you know? <laughs> nope, nope, that's not it. This is so good. It's like regular, like Yami Yugi, but he's just like wearing Carol's like nice church clothes. <laughs> he's wearing like a puffy Patagonian vest, <laughs> and like his inf- <laughs> vest. Fuck. yoga pants, yoga pants. Uh, but, like, his presence is also starting to hit, have an influence on her. So, like, her hair starts getting blonder and spikier. <laughs> she has, like, purple tips all of a sudden. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yummy Carol. Love it. I love it. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have to add that to our uh, Delta V pitch. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, so Bakura got up from the hospital bed, 
paralyzes grandpa. Grandpa says, oh no, not again. Cut to an alley. Like smash cut to Bakura having just mugged a duelist. Yeah, just some random guy. He he mugs this guy for his dual deck, his deck and his dual disc, and then just stands there for 30 seconds, like critiquing the cards in his deck. It's like, I can't do shit with this. And like chucks them back to the guy. <laughs> yeah, it's so I feel I feel for the guy because the whole time he's like, please, no, come on. Like, I just want to duel in this tournament. Please give me, like give me my cards back. Come on, go, go get your own cards. Get your own cards. Give them back. It's bad enough that this guy gets mugged. But then for your mugger to stand there insulting the cards that you're in this tournament with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> like, how would you? I mean, A, being mugged is not fun, but it'd be really weird flex to get mugged and then for them to be like, oh, you only the got three bucks. Stand, nah, you need it more the than The mugger just stands there going through your wallet and critiquing your, like, your health insurance. Your driver's license photo. Your driver's license photo. Um, any, like, random cards that you have, like, a punch card for. Oh, you've been to Starbucks six times? Nah, that's all right. <laughs> But yeah, no, he's just like, no, nah, I can't do anything with this. Tosses the cards back at the guy and walks off with the dual disc. I can't even get a Frappuccino. Take this back. <laughs> uh, so he's walking around. Uh, it, it's becoming nighttime now. And there's a group of like randos, teens of some kind, yep. youths. A gang of youths. Talking about the finals. Uh, Have you heard the latest rumors? They're saying that there's going to be a duel in the graveyard tonight. Sure. Well, so so th- they come around to that, but at first they're like, oh, hey, remember, there can only be eight duelists in the final, which I don't know if that's a piece of information that we've gotten before. First I've heard of it. There can only be eight duelists in the finals, which doesn't, to me, sound like finals. That sounds like quarterfinals. <laughs> That sounds like a top eight, my friend. See how that works. Uh, so so there's that happening. Uh, maybe it, is that semifinals? No, I don't remember. That's when there's four left. I don't. Anyway, so Bakura approaches these youths, demands to find a legitimate eulist, a legitimate <laughs> duelist. It's immediately. time to yule. It's time to yule. We're back to the Christmas episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to you activated my yule cast. Uh, he demands. To find a legitimate duelist immediately. Find me a duelist or you'll be sorry. Oh, there it is. There it is. Thank you. Uh, they tell him to fuck off. And <laughs> Jog on. <laughs> and he threatens them with physical violence because that's a thing that Bakura can do now. <laughs> yeah, not even just like dueling them. He just wants to find. He's just like, have you seen a duelist? And they tell him. They tell him to fuck off, and he's like, "I'll, th- I'll get you." This is I'll the funniest flex about Yami Bakura. Is, I mean, mad respect, right? Like, Yami Bakura has taken the frailest Englishman, the <laughs> a most tiny tea sipping boy, the tiniest albino Englishman, and has turned him into somebody who is apparently capable of physical violence. Yeah, has he been working out? Like that's some venom level shit right there. Is he just strong now, or is he just like super like lithe? I think he's and, like scrappy. knows he's scrappy and he knows all these like ancient Egyptian fighting moves. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the the Egyptian nerve pinch. <laughs> <laughs> the 
ancient Egyptian ninjas. It's uh, it's well documented in the hieroglyphs that Egyptians were experts in the pressure points. They know how to disable their opponents. The the pyramids are actually pointing out the weak spots in the average male skeleton. If you look at them from above, they form like all the like a human body. It's like a constellation, and oh, like the pyramids are the stars where you like have to poke them real hard. <laughs> Some Remo Williams shit. <laughs> Uh, so they tell him to, to fuck off and he tells them, I'll punch you. And then they're like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Cool. There's some rumors, apparently, maybe that there are some duels going down in the cemetery later tonight. And like, you're in the middle of battle city, dude. Just walk around. There's duelists here. That's the thing. I don't think Bakura knows that. I think Bakura has been out of the conversation for so long that he didn't know that there was a tournament happening. He, for, he forgot the whole concept of Battle City, or he never knew the concept of Battle City. Or he never knew. I think maybe maybe good Kura knew. But he is not here anymore. He is no longer on this mortal coil. He's been stuffed into the spiritual equivalent of some luggage. <laughs> uh, so no, we cut please to... Let me out. <laughs> please, please, sir. I want some please, air. Please, sir. It smells like plastic in here. I'm right <laughs> next into someone's socks. I'm quite upset. Oh, good heavens. Good heavens. Why do I have an air sickness bag? <laughs> so, uh, so, let's yeah. go to the cemetery, because that's where duels happen. So we cut to, there's a lot of like really quick cuts in the sequence that I really appreciate. So we cut directly to the cemetery. Another random duelist is just walking around. And, and it's like, there's no one around here. They lied to me. Aw, oh, man. Uh, and what should happen? But a human hand pops up out of the ground in front of uh, this duelist, scares the shit out of him. And then an entire zombie rises up out of the ground, and it's revealed that not only is it a regular zombie, it's my sweet, precious baby boy, Bones. He's committed to the bit. He is so committed. He buried himself alive. He has buried himself alive and has risen. Hallelujah, Bones is risen. Uh, and, uh, he and his friends are dressed as zombies and they scare the fucking shit out of this random duelist who runs away, dropping his locator card and his duel deck and his uh, everything. Yeah. He like rises out of the ground as a zombie. And then like one of his other, we've seen these guys before, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the other big guys lumbers up and he's dressed like Frankenstein's monster. They've all got like different Halloween masks on. Mm-hmm. And then I forget what the third guy is. It's just another zombie. A Brit- Except a British zombie. Uh, yes. Uh, well, Australian? Question mark? Maybe? Maybe? I forget. I could not remember for the life of me what the names of his friends were. So in my head, I kept calling them Solomon Grundy and Captain Boomerang. Because <laughs> that kind of seemed to fit the the vibe I was getting. Sure, they mention their names, but it doesn't really matter. Just remember that there's, like, a big dumb guy, and then, like, vaguely Australian guy. Well, I looked it up later, and here's why I couldn't remember their names. The vaguely Australian guy is named Sid, and the big guy is named Zygor. I play Zygor. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, I get it. It's like Igor. Is it? Though? I guess. Is is it? Is Zygor a name? And I'm just dumb. I googled Zygor, and the first thing that comes up is ZygorGuides.com. Accomplish more in World of Warcraft with in-game guides for leveling, gold, professions, achievements, and more. This episode of EM Pod is brought to you by Zygor Guides. Uh, no, not really. Uh, the next, <laughs> whoa, the very next result in Google is Zygor Guides is absolute garbage. Oh, it's a Reddit post. We present, we present both sides of the argument. You decide. Um, Zygor name origin. Uh oh, it's a surname. The meaning of the surname is not listed. Cool, super helpful. Thanks, 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 thanks. Most prevalent in Poland. Okay, interesting. Oh, a Polish man. Yeah. A man of Polish descent. Um. Anyway. The only other thing that comes up is Zygon on Wikipedia, which is a Doctor Who villain. Uh, it's the home world of the Zygon is Zygor. Ah. The eighth Unlike- Doctor faces them. I still can't believe I memorized the name Raxacoricophalopatorius. I mean, how could you not? <laughs> how can you forget Raxacoricophalopatorius? It's Raxacoricophalopatorius. It's the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious of bigger nerds. Yep. Uh, so... Anyway, they're fully committed to the bit of pretending to be horror monsters to scare people in the graveyard so much that they drop their dual discs, which are strapped to their wrists. And this is the whole thing, right? Like, if you don't remember the Bones episode from uh, season one, or I guess there were two episodes in season one, Bones was working for Bandit Keith at the time, but had set up a whole cave to look like an underground cemetery. So he was, like, summoning spirits, and there were ghosts, and he, like, built a fucking haunted house... Specifically to, to scare people Spe- in duels. This is Bones's shit. Like, this is what he lives for. And it worked. Like, he got the locator card. Cool, cool, cool. His um, talents are wasted on these randos. Abs- well, his talents are wasted on dueling, is the thing. I think Bones yeah. was, was dealt a bad hand, if you'll forgive the pun, uh, it, by being born into a world where dueling is the primary form of entertainment. I think if yeah. people had given more credence to haunted houses, he'd be a millionaire by now. He should be working at, like, Hollywood Studios or something. He should have his own park within Kaiba Land. Bones Land. Bones Ugh. Land. Uh, so... The Bone Zone. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> you are now entering the Bone Zone. Uh, so... Bakura enters the cemetery. And the zombies pop out again. Uh, and as soon as they try to jump him, he tackles them and unmasks them Scooby-Doo style. Uh, yeah, they all just jump out like, blah, we're monsters. And he ha- is not phased whatsoever. No, Completely I think blank. I think he caught them off guard a little bit because there is a scene where they're like, wait, somebody else is coming. OK, back to positions. Here we go. Do you know how hard it is to scare someone who is an actual evil ghost? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he must be thinking, he must be thinking, bitch, please, I'm a real ghost. <laughs> this is offensive. <laughs> oh, I do uh, want to point out that, like, yeah. there's a, a throwaway line from the, from Bones's gang, where they're spooking their way into the finals. 
Yeah, which is, I mean, they are. And I really love this strategy. I'm really proud of these boys. I love, I cannot understate how much I love all these boys, even though I couldn't <laughs> remember two of their names. Scare people into dropping their their cards. My perfect spooky sons. Uh, Jump so, scare. So Bakura unmasks them and they're standing around. And they're like, who the fuck are you? And he goes, who the fuck are you? And uh, uh, Zygor is like, yeah, I don't know about this guy. This guy seems pretty weird. At which point I realized that Zygor and Bakura are wearing the exact same outfit. Did you huh. notice this? I did Except not Zygor's, Zygor's button-up shirt is blue, whereas Bakura's button-up shirt is pink. Otherwise, uh, it's the same striped shirt, the same pants, and the same shoes. They just go to the same store, and then they Next. like see each other from across the room, and they're like, "Ah, oh, dang it. Ah, oh, damn. Uh, so They're just Bakura... a palette-swapped version of themselves in Smash. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, Zygor is much taller, but that's about yeah. the only difference. Uh, so Bakura realizes that Bones is a duelist and that they have locator cards and Bones Five goes, locator cards. Yes. So they're one away from getting into the finals. And Bakura says, all right, cool. Let's make this shit interesting. Uh, if you win, you get my locator card. But if I win, I get all of your locator cards. <laughs> Winner like, takes sure, all. why not? And What's Bones interesting has- is he says that like he could like, physically kick their asses but he insists that they duel instead of fight right well and i think that might be because he's intuited the thing that you pointed out earlier where you have to win the locator cards in a duel probably that's the only Although, reason he, well he because he was shaking down that guy earlier yeah so for his locator card but maybe the locator card is tied to the duel disc so maybe he's using the same Oh, maybe could be anyway that part does not matter. It's an exception that Kaiba programmed into the system where if you get physically beaten up, uh, you lose your locator card because he thinks that the <laughs> you're too weak to be in his tournament. <laughs> There's no room for wimps in my tournament. <laughs> That's totally something he would do, too. A good duelist needs to train himself in all aspects, mind and body. <laughs> I'm Batman. I eat 36 eggs for breakfast. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bones has a really good uh, uh, line here, too. where he So Bones accepts the duel because he figures, and this makes sense, if Bakura only has one locator card, then he's probably a shit duelist because that means he hasn't beaten anybody yet. So That's fair. Why not? Let's do it, random sense, stranger. Yeah. He says... You don't stand a ghost of a chance, which is the same joke that they made last time we saw Bones. And I shed a single tear. My sweet Bones, how I missed you. So the duel begins, and fog descends on the battlefield immediately. And then Zygor says, this fog's as thick as a real thick soup. Well spotted, Zygor. Thanks, bud. Zygor uh, <laughs> is not the 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 smart one in the group. No, I mean like there's a reason that I can only think of Solomon Grundy as his name for some yeah. reason. It just <laughs> that's just who he bricks. is. Uh, Bakura begins to tell them. Oh, this part was actually really good. So the fog descends. Zygor points out that the fog has descended, 
And Bakura begins the duel by telling them the legend of the cemetery. Have you heard the legend of the cemetery? What? No. Allow me to tell you. Gather close, child. Bones himself gets spooked. He, he does. can dish out the spooks, but he can't take the spooks. No, he cannot. He cannot. He's a fragile boy. Uh, Bakura tells them the legend in which a knight lost his head in battle in this very cemetery. And every night he rises to take vengeance on those uh, close uh, close by. Or who trespass in the cemetery or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, he's mad. Um and this doesn't make sense if this takes place in Japan or USA. Yep. So it's literally it's literally only told because the first card that he plays is Headless Knight. So yep. Headless Knight pops up out of the ground again. Ooh. I don't know how they programmed this hologram <laughs> to rise up out of the ground. I think it should just look like any other time a hologram appears, but that's fine. It's uh, uh and it the, the system is geo-locked, so it scans where you're, the duel is taking place, and if it's in a cemetery, it makes things all spooky. Ah, <laughs> there it is. It's, a, it's just a Boolean sort of if-then, yeah, if, if location cemetery, equals then cemetery. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's really saying something that even for Bones... Tyler, it's yeah. Boolean. Tyler is taking off his headphones and he is leaving the room. Bye, Tyler. Nope, he's gone. Oh, no, he's back and he's a ghost now. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, long story short, Bakura is a creepy fuck and um, is playing that to his advantage, I guess. I guess. I mean, if you're an actual ghost, then sure, play it up. I mean, that's what I would do. I plan on it. Yeah. You know I'm going to haunt some shit. Uh, so Bones responds by playing Snake Hair. And I think I took more notes on the duel here. So just yeah. interrupt interrupt me if I'm forgetting something. Uh, Bones plays Snake Hair. Snake Hair attacks Headless Knight. Headless Knight is destroyed. Bakura reveals that he played a face-down card earlier, which is Shallow Grave, which revives Headless Knight into defense mode. And we get a really cool shot here of a coffin rising up out of the ground and then Headless Knight lifting himself out of the coffin. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I do want to point out, this entire episode, these guys are just making spooky jokes and puns back and forth at each other the whole time. So let's get that out of the way so you you know what's going on here. all Quick the question. spooky, all the spooky things we've seen before. Yes. Yeah. 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 Quick question: Where did Bakura get these cards from? That is a great question. I have no idea. Because the last time we saw him have an opportunity to acquire some dual monsters cards, he threw them on the ground. I threw it on the ground. He is not a part of your system. My dad's not a deck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have to imagine that he went to a card shop somewhere between now and then because he has a perfectly crafted deck is the thing. It's it. I mean, as the title of the episode says, it is an occult deck. It is themed. It is not just random shit. Where did he get these cards? So either he mugged someone off screen and they just happened to have a good deck or he went into a card shop and was like, 
I would like to buy a spooky deck, please. <laughs> okay, coming right up. That'll be uh, that'll be sixteen dollars, please, or however much Yu-Gi-Oh cards are. That'll be sixty dollars, please. A small price to pay. Uh, do you have uh, do you have guy. do you have money? <laughs> I am a sixteen-year-old boy who's also a millennium old boy. So no. Oh, wait, yeah. What am I saying? He has the millennium ring. He stole that shit. Oh yeah. He just uh, paralyzed the shopkeeper and, like, smashed the card catalog and took what he wants. It's my favorite thing to do in Spelunky. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Okay. Well, wherever he got the cards from, they're, they're right spooky. Uh, Bakura sacrifices Headless Knight to play an even stronger spooky card, Earl of Demise. I love Earl of Demise. Earl of Demise is a fucking badass. Your note here just says fancy zombie. Do you want to elaborate on that? He is a fancy zombie. He is just like a zombie, just like a regular zombie, you know, like a face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, But then his clothes are like, like a 17th century aristocrat. Yeah. It's, it, it, I'm just now realizing... I'm just not realizing that this is literally the zombie from Plants vs. Zombies with an aristocrat much, skin. Yeah. Yep. He's got ruffs. He's got, he's probably got a codpiece. He's got, you know, fluffy pants. Uh, and he is carrying a rapier. Yep. Uh, he attacks. <laughs> he's a fancy boy. He, he, at- he attacks Snake Hair with what Bakura calls his sword of peril. Sure. So he's he's that spooky apparently that even his sword is made of peril. Uh, in response, Bone summons Dragon Zombie and plays Magic Burial to revive Snake Hair in exchange for eight hundred of his life points. He then plays Polymerization to make what is maybe the most unlikely fusion card appear. <sighs> Somehow, he polymerizes Dragon Zombie and Snake Hair. To make the great mammoth of Goldfine, which is a giant golden mammoth. Skeleton. Specific. Skeleton. Yeah. I how does don't know how that works. What do you get when you cross a dragon and a medusa? A mammoth. What? Is this no. is this like that new math? Is this <laughs> Am I missing something here? There's only so many things that you can make out of polymerization, and so if you play it on things that aren't, like, specific cards, it just kind of finds near the closest thing, I guess. I, guess. I don't know. I don't know. Was this, like, a crunch day in the design team? Like, all right, fuck, we, well, we gotta meet our quota. We got one card left. Uh, just th- throw the darts at the at the noun board, I guess, and we'll make that the new fusion card. All right, cool, how did How did the mammoth get made last time? It was, like... An elephant crossed with a graveyard or something. So, mm, I'm trying to remember now. Mammoth, because it what is it? Was it was mammoth, mammoth graveyard, right? Graveyard. Was it mammoth graveyard? Yes. Elephant graveyard. Mammoth graveyard was the original card, and that is just a three-star monster card. So that's not a fusion card. It's specifically a dinosaur-type monster, uh, which is interesting because it's just a skeleton i guess um 
Sorry, I just read the card description here. A mammoth that protects the graves of its pack and is absolutely merciless when facing grave robbers. Mammoth graveyard. <laughs> grave robbers. Got to get that mammoth treasure. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So the, mammoth, the precious well, mammoth gold. I mean, if one of those mammoths is gold, yeah, like, got to get that mammoth treasure, I guess. I guess. If their skeleton is made out of gold. But mammoth graveyard is just a mammoth skeleton. Mammoth, uh, pardon me, great mammoth of gold fine is mammoth graveyard dipped in gold. <laughs> Blinged out. Sure. Pimp my mammoth. <laughs> it makes me think that there's going to be like a third evolution of this card that is like gold mammoth platinum (laughs) platinum mammoth it's got like it's got like uh like diamonds on its tusks that would actually be pretty baller spinners (laughs) uh but anyway so great mammoth gold fine uh comes out it's a fusion monster so it can't attack bones plays a card face down and bakura like pauses for a second and Bones immediately goes, come on, aren't you going to draw? Draw. Come on. Do it. Do it. I di- Do it. Draw. Do it. Do it. And ba- uh, Bakura goes, fine, I'll draw with pleasure. And then he says, boo, I'm playing a trap card. Yeah, Bones reveals a trap card as soon as he uh, as Bakura draws. And the trap card is Skull Invitation. Here you go, Jimmy. Here's an invitation that is also a skull. Oh, I think a skull invitation. Here you go. Uh, a skull invitation is an invitation to pain. Uh, every time a card is sent to the graveyard, the owner of that card receives three hundred damage directly to their life points. Uh, so Bones goes, "All right, next turn, I'm gonna fucking kill your your dude again with my dude, and you're gonna get an extra three hundred damage." And then he says, "Oh, sweet Bones." Then he says. Talk about having one foot in the grave. You are finished, bud. <laughs> and uh, Bakura laughs in the face of danger. He eats danger for breakfast. Sends all of the cards in his hand to the graveyard immediately. And it's just like, you want to give me damage? Here, I'll take some damage. And uh, takes 1,200 damage. And then Bones vaguely British, Australian friend is like, He's all about Alice in Wonderland jokes, I think, because he says, oh, you'd have to be mad as a hatter to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is kind of spooky, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess he must be British, Kind of a reach. I don't know why I got an Aussie vibe from him. That might have been from season one. (laughs) He just completely changed nationalities between then. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I got that from. Anyway, but yeah, no, he does say something along the lines of like mad as a hatter. Um, what happens next? Oh, yeah. So, uh, Bakura takes 1200 damage and Bakura says, not only are you about to lose this duel, but when I'm done with you, you'll lose so much more. Ominous. Why is that, Bakura? Bakura reveals that he played another face down card called Spiritualistic Medium, which gives Earl of Demise 500 attack for each card destroyed during his turn. Hey, do you remember just a few seconds ago when he destroyed four cards? Whoops. Sure do. Whoops. Uh, That gives Earl of Demise 2,000 attack points uh, for 4,000 total. Earl of Demise destroys Mammoth of Goldfine, deals 1,800 extra damage to Bones' life points, and then Bones deals 
an extra 300 life points because of Skull Invitation, his own trap. There's a actually kind of a cool shot here where Earl of Demise slices the mammoth clean in half. And it's mm-hmm. like uh, in an anime when like you run past someone with a sword and then they're like, and they like slice in half down the middle. It's like that. Those two slices of the mammoth like fall apart and then explode. He was cleft in twain. He was cleft in twain, my Earl of Demise. I have split him Twixtworth. <laughs> anyway, now here's things getting real spooky. So uh, he loses all those life points, and Bakura says, uh, Bakura, Bakura says, The end is near, and when I win, you and your friends will be trapped here. Just look around you, you fools. We've been dueling in the Shadow Realm. I transported us here when I first arrived. What do you think? Dun, dun, dun. They've been in a shadow game the whole time. At which point my only note was, holy shit, Bakura. Damn. The Shadow Realm was coming from inside the house. All the spooky fog that's been filling the graveyard, it's been like the Shadow Realm fog. And um, they look around. And, like, rising up out of all the graves are these, like, gelatinous black humanoid figures crawling around at them. And Bakura talks about how these are, like, the souls of those people who have been, like, trapped in the Shadow Realm forever and are trying to get out. Um, I looked this Welcome up, to hell, actually. friends. Yeah, I was like, damn, this is dark. So I looked it up. In the original version, they were just straight up in hell. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I found that out, too. It this is hell in the Japanese. Yeah. And the the figures are not like the lost souls, they're like death gods, which I guess is the Japanese equivalent of grim reapers. I'm just going by what the Yu-Gi-Oh wiki was saying, but like dang. That's dark. It's pretty dark. I love <laughs> that he just like casually dropped them all into hell as the duel was starting. Yeah, just hell just kind of sublimated. There was no, yeah, there was no, like, ritual. There was no spell being cast. Hell just seems to follow this guy. Yeah, and he can just, like, declare anywhere he's standing to be part of hell. (laughs) I'm just picturing him, like, standing in a line, like a particularly long line at, like, the Apple store or something, right? Like, he's waiting for a Genius Bar appointment, and he goes, ah, I'm in hell now. And then literal hell erupts in this Apple Whoa. store. No, no, damn it, no. Get back in that hole. And he's, like, kicking a demon down. He goes into any retail store, and he's like, look around you, Walmart employee. We are in hell. And they're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's always funny. like this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever even worked retail? Weirdly, Walmart is the one place that he can't spontaneously summon hell. Yeah, it's already worse. It's already there. <laughs> uh, so at this point, uh, Sid tries to run. Uh, he, he runs off in one direction and ends up looping back around and running in from the other direction. Yep. the uh, He runs off into the fog and then just mm-hmm. appears from the other side. I'm trying to think of they're, what movie did that recently. Here. It's like some Inception level shit, but I know Inception yeah. didn't do that. No, it was in something. 
It's a common trope. It's a common trope. Yeah, it's a very again like, Scooby Doo type thing, right? Yeah, get looped around. Uh, Bakura reveals that the only way to escape the Shadow Realm is to win the duel. No pressure. What I want to know is how do Bones and company know what the Shadow Realm is? Because as far as I know, that knowledge is reserved exclusively to like ancient Egypt nerds. See, the thing is, is I don't know. I don't know that they do know what the Shadow Realm is. It makes sense in the Japanese, though, because in the Japanese, it's like, hey, you're in hell now. (laughs) Yeah, it's one thing to have like shoehorn the Shadow Realm in. But also, like, if you hear the words, you're in the Shadow Realm now, you're not going to be like, that seems fine. No. It's like, what are you doing to me? Right. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, please please allow me to not be in the place (laughs) that I am in presently. I would like to not be in a place called the Shadow Realm. Now I just want <laughs> I just want a gif of Bones realizing that he's in the Shadow Realm with the, the just this is fine. <laughs> just zooms in on his face and he's like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, all right. Uh so Bones realizing that he needs to win the duel uh for a lot of reasons now, uh decides to play Nightmare's Nicholas Cage. I mean Steel Cage. Nightmare Steel Cage traps Bakura and his monsters for two turns. His monsters cannot attack for two of Bones' turns. Sort of like uh, Swords of Revealing Light, just one turn yeah. less. We've seen this uh, when it happened to Yugi in his battle against the puppet guy. Oh, yeah. That's when that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against, uh, against Strings. Strings, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Bakura draws a card and gets a disappointed look on his face. And Bones goes... No, you you're disappointed because you're gonna you're gonna lose because I I beat you with my steel cage, and Bakura says, "I'm disappointed because this duel has to end, and I wanted to prolong your misery." I mean, his misery is gonna be pretty prolonged if he's stuck in the shadow realm for eternity. Yeah, I was gonna say eternity seems pretty prolonged, my dude. I think you're good. Uh, and apparently there is one card that can penetrate this cage. Penetrate was his choice of words, not mine. It's called Ectoplasma. We've seen this card before. Uh, it turns monsters into pure energy. Yep. And, it and that means it can escape them. the cage because it's ectoplasm. He slimed me. He slimed me. <laughs> he gets slimed. Bones uh, is slimed. Yeah. His life points drop to zero. Yep. He loses yeah, specifically, specifically. So what happens is the ectoplasma turns the uh, the Earl of Demise into pure energy, turning his attack points into just like amorphous attack points you can throw around wherever, and he just throws all of them at, at Bones. So he's like extra dead. Uh, and yeah, but just like you said, Bones has lost the duel, and it really sucks because you want to talk about. You're no, no I don't want to talk about happened. this, Jimmy. Jimmy, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> you want this. me to talk about it? So Bakura you says... Duel, no, you, you dueled me and lost, yeah. and now you must all wander the Shadow Realm until I choose to set you free. And then this, like, the souls of the lost, like, swarm in and rise up around Bones and friends as they all scream in terror and just surround them and pull them down into the earth. Did, yeah. Did Bones just fucking die? 
There's no more bones in this graveyard. He got at this one. point. At this point, my notes are all cap. Motherfucker, you got rid of bones, you bastard. How dare you? That's just the end of the episode. The episode ends. The episode ends with bones getting dragged to hell. Yas, queen, drag him. Yas. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Jimmy, what was the best part of this episode for you? Uh, my best part of this episode was it's nice to have just a single self-contained episode that's has like one central theme uh, of spooky things. Um, we haven't had spooky, many of those scary recently. Skeletons come shiver down your spine. Yeah, we haven't had a yeah. It's been a bit. It's nice to just have one episode that has a central theme. We get that out of the way, and now we can move on. We haven't had mo- most of those since like last season. Everything yeah. has been like a multi-part arcs where all this different stuff happened and it's like finally some good Yu-Gi-Oh yeah I'm trying to even remember like we got the Mako episode and that was maybe the closest that we got to this but that was even a two-parter yeah that was two-parters so yeah no it's really good it's really good a nice change of pace from all these like super drawn out four-part episodes where nothing happens in the last two yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Pacing multi-parts has been surprisingly challenging for the team in season two. <laughs> what was your best? My best was getting to see my boy Bones again. Bones. Bones, Bones is easily, easily up there in my top three favorite characters. He's a one-note duelist and he does it well. And that's the He's thing. He's a spooky kid. He, he loves being the scary boy he loves boy looking like eye. a zombie he loves scaring people he loves like making decks that also have like fog machines and shit to scare people even more bones is like he's fully committed bones is who i wanted to be as a younger man right like <laughs> i i would definitely have been that kid at like 13 years old Lying Nothing on has my surprised bed, me less. Like shuffling Yu-Gi-Oh cards while listening to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> like Bones is just so pure in what he is. So unashamed. So hardworking. So diligent. Oh, the, the door just opened. You can come in. Ooh, spooky. Oh. Oh. Uh, Pepper came in. Apparently he opened uh. the door and snuck in. Hi, Pepper. I legitimately didn't see him. He he went under my eyeline. Um, a ghost, let a him in. A ghost. So, uh, yeah. So Bones is my my favorite. How about your uh your worst? What was the worst part of this episode for you? My worst was how all the like spooky jokes and like bits that they did were just reheated leftovers from the last time we saw Bones. There's nothing really original here in anything yeah. that they say. It's just all the like. He's a spooky guy, so he's got to make, like, spooky puns and jokes, but it's all... We, we've seen it all before. Yeah. Which was yeah. disappointing. Get There's, some new material. Yeah, there, there there were really only so many spooky puns that they could come up with here. Yep. What's your worst? So <laughs> I love your notes here. I looked Bones up on the Wikia. 
Under the entry for this episode, it mentions how he and his friends, Sid and Zygor, at the end of this episode, they were sent to hell. And then the Wikia says, quote, it was never known in the series if they were ever released from their imprisonment. Is this the last episode where we see Bones? This is, is the Bones last in episode hell for eternity. This is the last episode that we ever see Bones. <laughs> no, I just oh poor Bones. I just need to take a moment. I just want to have, if it's okay with you, I just want to have a moment of silence. I want to, I want to pour one out for Bones. I, I just want to have a just a moment to respect the 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 boy that he was and what he meant to me personally. So just if you could all join me in a moment of silence for Bones. I think that was long enough. Okay. <sighs> Bones has had a, a rough life. Bones like had a rough life. Last episode go. we saw him, he was like being forced to do things he didn't like to under the command of Bandit Keith. And now he finally gets to like make something of himself and be in this like card game tournament with his friends. That's the thing. And he gets sent to hell. Bones, and he, there he resides to this day. Bones was finally living his best life and doing it successfully. Successfully, Jimmy. He was doing it. He was living the dream. <laughs> and then fucking Bakura just... I texted you. Yeah. Before you watched this episode. And I texted you and I said, I'm not going to lie. This episode kind of bummed me out. That's a real downer of an ending. Like, canonically, this boy is in hell. Yeah. And he's never coming back. Yep. Question, though. Uh-huh. Does he come back in Duel Links? Uh, yes, I have seen him in Duel Links. Let me look up Bones one more time. Bones, Yu-Gi-Oh. I've seen him in Duel Links. I believe you can unlock him. I, I realized I said kind of at the start of the year, the end of last year, that I wanted to start live streaming some Duel Links games, and I haven't done that yet. That's something I want to get back on my list, and I, I really want to do unlocking uh, Weevil and Bones uh, and just getting like all my favorite characters back. Um, let's see. Appearances. Here we go. Appearances. Um anime anime debut it doesn't list any other series that he's in uh but he is in it looks like all of the games pretty much so yeah so bones lives on in a way good yeah i'm looking at the wiki here is revealed bones was released and shown to be alive oh that's nice wait where does it say that Duel Links, under Bones' page. In the game app Duel Links, it is revealed Bones was released and is shown to be alive. It's also most likely the other two were released as well. Upon reaching Duel Links, he comes across the ghost trick cards and takes a liking to them due to being, as he puts it, not-so-spooky specters. Not-so-spooky specters. That is my aesthetic. <laughs> Notably, Bones now displays open hostility towards Bandit Keith whenever they met. Yeah, no dude. No longer fearing or respecting him. Yeah, dude. In Yu-Gi-Oh! 5 is a parody of him named Ghost Takarazuka. He's listed as one of the duelists defeated by Hunter Pace. Ghost. 
Oh, there's a sad. Pepper yeah, I don't know if you can room. hear him. Pe- Lauren is sitting down next to me, uh, pre- preparing preparing mentally and spiritually for her segment, and Pepper is not having it. Uh, I feel like Lauren might have liked this episode more than some others. Uh, yeah, Just Lauren. In- hey, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, Hi. Hey, it was really hard not to interrupt your moment of silence. No, I, I know. <laughs> Thank that you for. I really appreciate of self restraint on my part. Yeah, I really appreciate your restraint. You're welcome. That's my gift to you. Bones died. You see this episode where Bones went straight to hell. Bones was Bones hey, is in hell now. Tyler, he didn't even no, die. Um, who is Bones? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. He's a, a kid with question. a glandular problem. Um, okay, Jimmy, I'm going to uh, need but you. But honestly, though, I really don't know. Bones is like Bones is. in my top three favorite characters. You said it was your top favorite character earlier. No, I said top three. No, you I almost, said number one. I almost said number one. You and then I changed. Said and then I And then I. he's in my top three favorite. Mm-hmm. Because no, Weevil's like, up there as well. So here's the thing, though. Like, I've literally never seen an episode of this show, so I really don't know who Bones is. And he's in, like, three of them, and that's it. Out <laughs> yeah. of the right. hundred episodes well, we've done I definitely haven't seen those. He's um, a kid who just happens to look like a zombie, mm-hmm. and so he's really into spooky mm. stuff. It's a glandular issue. Oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> Looking Tyler. like a zombie and being really into spooky stuff. Uh, I'm looking at Bones' wiki page here. It's very sad looking at his, like, info box because it shows his, like, skills as a duelist. Uh-huh. And it says, tournament, duelist kingdom, position, did not place. Tournament, battle oh. city, position, did not place. No, because he got sent to hell. Because he sent, he was sent directly to hell without even dying first. Is he, I mean, Go directly is he to hell, about? did not pass go, did not pass. <laughs> No, he's not happy about being in hell, Lauren. But he's spooky. No. The That's souls true. Of the damned dragged him away. That brings up a good point. He is spooky. Maybe he'll thrive in hell. Maybe he'll become the king of. Hell. That's how he got out. He became the king of hell. That's how he got out and forced his way back to the material world. My boy, I'm proud of you, Bones. You got this, buddy. You got this. Now that's a D and D campaign. I want to see. I'm into that. I want to see how how he broke out of jail. Hell is just a big jail. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, As everyone knows. Jimmy, I'm going to need you to graph this episode for me real quick, and then we can move on to the next segment. Okay. That's right. We've been forgetting. Uh, actual card game rules. Axis, I would say... I don't know. There's not a whole... There's a little bit of back and forth, but I'm going to dock some points for the bullshit that was the mammoth. Yep. Yep, Mammoth of Goldfine. Like, technically, technically, actual rules. That's on the card for Mammoth of Goldfine that it's that polymerization, but I think it just deserves to lose points. Just because of how dumb that is. Yeah. Well, maybe like a one. It's not bad enough that it's like real bullshit, but the fact that you can get a, a dead mammoth out of. Dipped in gold. Uh, a Medusa. A gold dipped mammoth out of a Medusa and a whatever the hell the other thing was. A zombie uh, dragon. A zombie dragon. Mm-hmm. That, that, come on, no. That's not how that works. No. From all the things that we've seen uh, polymerization make, that's just like complete nonsense, this is somehow even worse, because all the other stuff at least made sense. Yeah. Under its own logic. This is just like, 
putting two things together and it com- comes up with a completely different thing. That's not, no. Did Pepper just try licking the mic? No, he was licking me. He was giving me a kiss. Oh, that's very Aww. sweet. I just look over sweet and I boy. hear licking sounds. Um, Sorry. So, so, okay, so mechanics. What are we giving it? Stop. I, I was going to give it like a one. A one. All right. How about plot? Plot was actually pretty good because we deal with real magic. We see Bakura doing evil shit. And Bones um, dies. And Bones dies. I feel like it needs some points for having like the first actual bad thing happen to a character. Yeah. Where he doesn't even die is the thing. He just goes to hell and is burning there forever until he escapes. So I'd say that's uh, that's some pretty good plot right there. All right. What do you want to give it? I'd say either a three or four. Let's give it a four. I'm going to give it a four. All right. All right. Let's do it for Bones. Let's do it for Bones. Okay. Hashtag do it for Bones. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Bones. <laughs> justice for Bones. Free our boy. Uh, all right, folks. Now we're going to move into the next segment. It's time for Yu-Gi-Oh! Not? Every week on the show, we bring in my partner, Lauren, who has never seen an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! in her life, uh, at least not willingly, uh, and I give her a list of things that are Yu-Gi-Oh! cards or just sound like them, and she has to tell the difference. This week, I have written a list. Uh, I have compiled some things that I'm very excited for. Lauren and Jimmy, this week on the show... We have either real Yu-Gi-Oh cards or Power Rangers villains. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Were you just taking a... Sorry, I was taking a selfie. Okay. Of us doing the podcast. So sweet. (laughs) And Pepper. And Pepper. New Uh, Instagram content. Yeah, exactly. You're welcome. So... So, uh, Power Rangers. I I was listening, though. Yeah, so I I have six cards here, three of which are real Yu Gi Oh cards, and three of which are villains from the Power Rangers series brought to you by Haim Saban. Uh, This is from any Power Rangers series, mind you. So, could be Mighty Morphin, could be SPD, could be Wild Force, could be Ninja Storm, could be. uh, I can't. Yep, keep going. Have I told you. About my recurring childhood nightmare involving the Power Rangers. Well, no. specifically, specifically <laughs> one. So, yeah. Uh, basically, I got really scared watching the Power Rangers movie, the one with Ooze. I think it's the second yeah, movie. Yeah, I- Ivan Ooze. Yeah, yeah with, with Ooze. And um, he used to, like, trap them with the purple slime, right? Sure. And I'll then take it, it turned out. Any Power Rangers. Oh, really? Okay. Um,. And then one day I found, so my sister, who is a bit older than me, put bath gel in the oven to see what would happen to it. And it exploded everywhere and like coated everything. It was like uh, seeping out of the oven. And I got absolutely terrified that ooze was coming into my house and was going to kill my family. And um, then I started having recurring nightmares about ooze where he broke into our house and he trapped everyone up on the wall like he he did with the power rangers except he also trapped their heads and faces and then they suffocated and died but i was just trapped normally so i just had to watch that's gruesome yeah that's and oozesome 
<laughs> so, uh, Tyler, what you got for us via Power Rangers? Well, I did remember that. So luckily uh-huh. I did not put Ivan Ooze as an option Great. here. <laughs> I was not allowed to watch Power Rangers after that. Nice. As a child. I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers for the longest time because I wanted to punch things. <laughs> <laughs> and they glorified punching. Yeah. Sure did. Uh, so... I have six cards for you here, three of which are real Yu-Gi-Oh cards, three of which are Power Rangers villains. Are you ready? Yes. I'm so ready. Card number one, Rito Revolto. Rito Revolto. Mm -hmm. Card number two, Twilight Ninja Getsuga, comma, the Shogun. (laughs) Twilight Ninja Getsuda, the Shogun. Card number three, Omni the Magnificence. Okay. Omni the Magnificence. The Magnificence yes. or the Magnificent? The Magnificence. With it. Okay. Yep. And S-E. Oh, it's it's an S-E, not even C-E. Yeah. Okay. Yep. The Magnificence. Magnificence. Like C-E. Like the five senses. Yeah, and S-E. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, card number four, Big Belly Knight. Oh no, <laughs> Big Belly Knight. Card number five, Morphtronic Vidion. That's nothing. Morphtronic. I Vidion. like that. That's so dumb. <laughs> it's nonsense words. Card number six, Master Org. Master. Oh man. Org. That's really good. All right, that's six so, cards. Go ahead and, and con- confer. So these Mas- are... Oh, go ahead. Master Org is just when your company is owned by another company, right? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you when you get bought out. have to answer to the Master Org. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got HR coming in from the Master Org today. Be on your best behavior. A couple of suits from corporate. <laughs> um, so these are villains specifically, right? Power yes, Ranger villains. Specifically Power Ranger villains. And how many of each? Three. Half and half. Okay. Man, Rito Revolto really sounds like, um, really sounds like a Power Rangers villain. That's because the main, should I talk about this? Yeah, yeah. The main is like Rita Revolta, (laughs) isn't it? Rita Repulsa. Rita Repulsa. Yeah. She's the one from the show. The main one from the show. Yes. She's she's the one that famously is trapped in, trapped in a jar on the moon for thousands mm-hmm. of years. Oh, that could be like an evil twin brother situation, the way that Power Rangers writes things. Or it could be Yu-Gi-Oh trying to make a card without copyright infringement. <laughs> trying to rip it off. Yeah. Could go one of one of both ways. I like how every now and then you look over trying to read me, and I don't know how to make my face look. <laughs> <laughs> trying to poker face these Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> the problem is every time I try to look serious, I realize how dumb I look, so I start laughing. <laughs> See, here's the thing is that I am really bad at reading facial expressions, like not just not like trying to read people's poker faces, but every uh, like facial expression, it gets me in a lot of trouble, actually, in day-to-day life. So I don't know that I'd be able to read it regardless you could be like nodding and i would be like oh i don't know he might be trying to throw me (laughs) off like there's no way 
See, that sounds like less that you're you're not great at reading facial expressions and more that you aren't trusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> there's that too. Ooze tried to kill my family. That's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Don't that'll, trust the ooze. That'll set you back. Um Omni the Magnificence, I'm pretty sure is the man behind the curtain. <laughs> In in the Emerald City. Oh yes, yes, yeah. Of Oz. Yeah. Oh, I snuck a I snuck an Oz in there. Ah, oh, yeah. damn it, you caught me. Um, God, big this belly. This isn't Yu-Gi-Oh. This is a literary character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a ne- that's your next one. Mm. Um, mm. big belly night has to be Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm just gonna start with that one because okay. it's ridiculous. Okay. Also, See, now I'm thinking about Yu-Gi-Oh characters, and I'm, I I want to find Yu-Gi-Oh cards where I can throw in Mr. Darcy, and it will be genuinely confusing as to whether or not he's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> or a literary character. <laughs> um, Morphtronic Vidion. Like, I want to say that's Power Rangers because of the morph part, because they're the Mighty God, Morphin sounds, Power Rangers. It sounds so 90s. It does. The Morphtronic yeah. Vidion. But it could just be Tyler searching through Yu-Gi-Oh cards to pick one to throw me off. That sounds like it would be a Power Rangers thing. No, I'm going to go gut reaction usually serves me pretty well. I'm going to go Power Rangers on that one. Ma- Master Org or Maester Org? I can't quite read it from Master you. Org. Master Org. <laughs> Your announcer org. voice. Uh, Master Org. Sounds like a Yu-Gi-Oh card to me. Master Org, please come to the front. Your party is waiting. Master Org, <laughs> Master please Org. come to the front. Um, okay, I've done the, the last three. I've done them sort of out of order. So I'm yeah. just going to go just instant. Okay. Got reaction for the All first right. three. Rita Revolto, I think, is Power Rangers. And that would make the other two Yu-Gi-Oh, wouldn't it? Or what did I say? I've forgotten already. Rita Volto Power Rangers. Twilight Ninja Getsuga the Shogun has to be Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Omni the Magnificence. Oh, that's a tough one. Big Belly Knight, I said Yu-Gi-Oh. Vidion, I said Power Rangers. And Master Org, I said Yu-Gi-Oh. So I think... That makes Omni the Magnificence Power Rangers, right? Did I do that correctly? I think that pans out. Let's do it this way. I'll give you the answers if we go one by one. And I'll say if I was right or not. All right. So card number one, Rito Revolto, you said. Power Rangers. I just went for it. That's correct. Ah. Rita Revolto is Rita Repulsa's brother. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, he appears okay. He appears in, I believe, season two of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when Rita Repulsa is about to get married to Lord Zed. Uh, he is just a, a weird military skeleton man. Oh, I just looked him up. Right. Yeah, he is literally just a skeleton guy. He has, I, I think his first episode is, I know the solution for your problems. Let's just throw grenades at the Power Rangers. That usually works. <laughs> I pulled up his wiki page. He's the absent-minded brother of Rita Repulsa and son of Master Vile and uncle of Thrax. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Master Vile. Does does Rita Repulsa sound vaguely sexual to you as well? Oh, it's my drag name. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, Twilight Ninja Gatsuda, the Shogun. 
You said I said Yu-Gi-Oh. I, it has to be Yu-Gi-Oh. It is a Yu-Gi-Oh yes. card. You got you got another point oh, there. Oh, uh, nice. I'm doing very well. Omni so the Magnificence. Far. You said uh, that was the one I struggled with, but so I've had two for each, and I said Big Belly. Sorry, I'm really struggling with this for some reason. I said Big Belly Night was um, Yu-Gi-Oh. And I said Master Org was Yu-Gi-Oh! So Omni the Magnificence would be Power Rangers. Omni Magnificence is Power Holy Rangers. Holy shit. <laughs> three for three so far. Omni I Magnificence, I believe, Omni is the a... Omni the Magnificence. It's a big brain in a jar. Yep, from uh, oh. Power Rangers SPD, is that right? Yes. The hidden true antagonist. Hmm. Uh, card number four, Big Belly Knight, you said... I said Yu-Gi-Oh! It is a Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh my card. god. Four for four. Morphtronic Vidion, you said. Power Rangers. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh, I'm I was so, so sorry. Close. And that means, of course, the Master Org is a Power Rangers yeah. villain. Yeah, this is a good one, though. Good. Oh, I'm glad. You got yeah. you got four out of six. So that's I not did, bad. I that's did. not bad at all. It's a really good score. Yeah. Um, and now we all know a little bit more about Power Rangers. I just looked sure. up Master Org, and he, I thought he was going to look cool, but he's kind of dumb. He's just like... A guy in tan robes, and then he's got a big spike on his head. Yeah. What is the what is org short for? Because it's not like master orb or something that would make more sense. I don't think it's short he's the ruler for anything. Of all I think orgs. that's just his name. So what the hell is an oh, org? Oh yeah, an org is the name of his species. Oh okay. Orgs were demonic oni-like beings who were fought by the Wild Force Power Rangers. They were first seen rising up from toxic pools several thousand years ago. And they returned because of mankind polluting the planet. Mm. Here's a quote from Master Org's first words upon confronting Toxica and Jindrax in the Nexus. Where have you been? Your master has returned. The time has come to reap vengeance on this insipid planet. Wow. So that's Master Org's whole deal. I like Master Org's final form, though. Oh, me too. After um, he goes through metamorphosis, so he's got he's got a few oh, of faces. Course. <laughs> he's got he's got a face, uh, where where his torso is. Yeah, and also like horns on his shoulders to uh, make the face like look more like horny. a face. Yeah, it's uh, a really good illusion. Though. I think the eyes are more lips. I think they are as well. So this is an Andy. So he becomes an Andy Warhol painting. Yeah, kind of. Years later, the scientist Dr. Victor Adler and his companions Richard and Elizabeth Evans discovered the seeds that are the remnants of Master Org while on an expedition to prove the existence of the Animaria. Okay. That's in the uh, Wikipedia article for Second Master Org. Ah. Just in case anybody was curious clear about distinction. the multiple orgs. So I looked up Morphtronic Vidion. Yeah. Do you know what Morphtronic Vidion is? Uh, it's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I don't really remember past that. It's a transformer that turns into a camcorder. Oh, yes. Yes, the Morphtronic cards are just transformers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me pull up a, a picture here for, for Lauren. Of Morphtronic Vidion? Yeah, this is... Uh, this is His name the... sounds way cooler than what he actually is. Who's the transformer that, that uh, oh, wow. transforms into a tape cassette? Soundwave? <laughs> Soundwave. It's it's basically Yu-Gi-Oh's answer to Soundwave. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Speaking of Transformers, did you see the rumor that they're making a Beast Wars movie? 
Yeah, that's been a rumor for a bit now. I'm skeptical at best. Beast Wars was my favorite, bar none, favorite Transformers series. Um, And I tried watching it because it's, I think it's on Netflix still. I tried rewatching it like a year ago. Boy, does it not hold up. Holy shit. Like, have you watched, (laughs) have have you gone back and watched Reboot? No. Uh, So Reboot is like, you watch it now and you go, why aren't those polygons moving? Why did they animate anything in the show? And Beast Wars is like a step below that. It's kind of just pictures of animals. <laughs> You're oh, watching you a look... slideshow. Yeah. You should look up Big Belly Night. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, I should have just had all these pulled up. See, I'm always hesitant to put like links and shit in the show notes because I don't want to accidentally spoil anything. Uh, yeah, because no, I'll, I'll, I'll look. You, I know URL. you will. I'll sneak it. I'll cheat. I know cheat. you will. Uh, there's Big oh. Belly Night. Look at that big belly. Oh, yeah. I love that. Aww. I can't, I can't scroll over to look at it. Oh, nope. Okay. Apparently in Japanese, his name is Night Hunger Monger. Yeah. Night Hunger Monger. That fits. If this card is detached from an, oh no, never mind. Sorry. It's effect is boring. <laughs> I was hoping it would be something involving eating. Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, not. But Big Billy Night is very good. Um. All Big right. Big Billy. Do we want to? Do we want to explore anything else from there? Or are we ready to move on? No. I think we're good. Congratulations, Lauren, on your score. Thank you. I did pretty well. Yeah, you did. Really I well. sometimes I feel like I need to add a disclaimer that like I'm not stupid in real life. Like, I'm actually a decently smart person. I just come on this show no, and the, score, like, two out of six. And No, the, you're an, no listen, you're an actual <laughs> scientist. You're, your brain is full of useful information on how to preserve, like, mummies and I'm, not dumb bullshit about you. Yeah, I'm not a Yu-Gi-Oh scientist. The reason, the reason that you have not watched Yu-Gi-Oh is because you get home from your job at the museum lab. <laughs> yeah. Not the museum and not the lab, the museum lab. The lab inside of the museum and then you have those and then you spend hours working on your master's degree (laughs) like i i i feel bad wasting your time having you on this show but you seem to enjoy it so i keep inviting you i do enjoy it but i just i i just felt like i needed to say that that i just i don't try um (laughs) for this or i'd also i don't watch Putting the minimum um, amount of effort into knowing about Big Belly Night. It's I, true. I would be very surprised if there is anyone, anyone at home being like, ah, that that Lauren just can't get her Yu-Gi-Oh cards right. <laughs> it's um, I also don't watch the show. Yeah. So I I don't really have a gauge. It's basically just rolling a dice. It is. I mean, we got that email. A uh, die. We got I'm that sorry. email. What? Uh, a couple a couple of weeks ago about the one card that's named Ice Water. Oh yeah, that's right. So I think you're good. All right. <laughs> well, All right. Thank let's you. let's move on to our next segment. Then we'll we'll start wrapping this up. The next segment. It's time for the monster bracket. Jimmy. Oh boy. We talked about this one a little bit last episode, but this is a big one. And Lauren, I'm glad that you're here for this. Oh, thanks. Um, well, I'm just fell out of my chair. This is 
maybe the toughest matchup we've had so far. Is that right? I would say so. I think it is. This week in the Monster Bracket, we have Karibo versus Jinzo. Yep. Oh. Uh, Karibo is a level one fiend triple. effect monster. Uh, yep, yep, triple. <laughs> uh, 300 attack, 200 defense. Jinzo is a level six machine effect monster with 2,400 attack and 1,500 defense. The, um, there could not be two cards in a matchup that are more different than these two. These are polar opposites. Uh, as Lauren said, Karibo is a triple. Uh, <laughs> with eyes and hands and feet, though. Right. Whereas Jinzo is, as Jimmy has pointed out several times, literally Hellraiser. <laughs> literally a Cenobite. Yeah. God, Jinzo's design is just so different from any other cards that are like commonly in play that it's jarring to look at. It's I kind of love it though. A lot. To be honest with you. Yeah. Uh honestly, cards on the table. <laughs> hey. S- starting out, I'm in uh I'm in Jinzo's camp because Me I too. respect that this like children's card game show has the balls to put in like an actual r-rated horror monster yeah and have it be used by like a main character what the heck is jinzo even doing <laughs> what's he doing there get him out ah all right i'm gonna love him in 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 for the sake of fairness i'm gonna read the card text of both cards to see if that affects our opinions at all the card text for karibo says during damage calculation if your opponent's monster attacks uh you can activate a quick effect so immediately you can do this you can discard this card, and you take no battle damage from that battle. So even though Karibo is weak, it is willing to take the fall for you so that you don't take any damage. So you discard Karibo as soon as it takes damage, and you don't take any of the, the splash, so How to speak. How big is it? How big is it? Yeah. Um, oh. The Karibo? Uh, yeah. I wonder if we can find like, that wall of infinite like Karibo. basketball-sized, right? Oh, really? Yeah. They're like hairy basketballs. Because if or it's one like, of those, like squishable size, pets, Here's, I like it no, less not, for some reason. No, no, no. They're, they're not they're, like oranges. They're like volleyballs. Yeah, they're big boys. Oh, I dodge like that. Dodgeballs. They're dodgeballs. They're, mm. they're little round friends. Almost a beach ball. Yeah. Yeah. Size. Yeah. We've talked about them before, but they're just like little puff balls, and then they have like little monster hands and feet coming out. Yeah, kind of like that. Just the hands and feet. No arms or legs. Just the like little. Eh. <laughs> there's there's a lot of Kariba related cards. I really want to, and this is gonna be one of my goals for when I get back into Duel Links. I really want to make a Kariba based deck because you can play like Multiply, for instance, and that gives you basically an infinite supply of Kariba, like this picture that I'm showing That's here. That's fun. Yeah, but I can't We've talk seen about that Karibo too much because used many times to great effect by Yugi. Yeah, it's basically of the mascot of the show. He's the Pikachu to. Yugi's Ash. Mm. Especially in mm-hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, and again, I can't talk about this too much because that's not the card that we're talking about, but in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, Jaden Yuki, the main character, his sort of spirit avatar, uh, his equivalent of Yami Yugi to, to little Yugi, uh, is a winged Karibo. Oh, that's kind of fun. Who appears in sort of a spectral form and, mm. and gives him advice. And it goes... Uh, that is at least until mm. Jaden Yuki fuses his soul with... Uh, a, a 
clinically insane, I think. Uh, no, pardon me, pardon me. Uh, uh, affected by cosmic rays, Yu-Gi-Oh card that he sent into space in his younger years, and it slowly went mad with uh, cosmic radiation. And then the only way to save his friends was to fuse his soul with it. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Are you saying Jaden Yugi? Jaden Yuki. Jaden. Oh. Yep. I was like, there's another Yugi. There's Yugi. Uh, there's Yugi, and then there's Yami Yugi, and then there's, there's Jaden Yugi, Yugi, and then there's O, and he's the O. <laughs> yeah, I almost committed in- the cardinal sin of Yu-Gi-Oh by calling the main character Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I mean, they're all pretty close. I'm trying to think of the other main characters from the shows. There's Yugi. There's Jaden Yuki. Um. Not confusing at all. No, I'm not confused. Arc 5 main character. Who's the main character in Arc 5? I genuinely do not know. Uh, Yuya is the main character of Arc 5. Um, Let's see. (laughs) This is just like someone forgetting Yugi's name and is like coming Uh up with different versions of it. What's her name? Yuki? Yuya? Uh, The main character in 5Ds is Yusei. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Oh, um, you don't say. <laughs> Wait, like you say Vrains. like Jose? Ah, and the main character of Vrains is Yusaku. Oh my god. So yeah, I'm they're basically theme. all the same. Oh, pardon me, pardon me. Uh, Arc V, or is this... Um, Yuma is from Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel is the last series I was missing. <laughs> Zexel is, is Yuma. So yeah. Okay, so what's a new series coming out? I sent you that teaser for it. Oh, 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 oh! Have we shit. talked about it? Whoa. Yes, we haven't talked about this on the show yet. Wow, breaking news! We'll talk news. about it at the end. We'll talk about it at the because end because we're okay. in the middle of the segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, before I forget, I'm gonna write that down. Um, okay, Karibo versus Jinzo. We've read the card text for Karibo. The card text for Jinzo says trap cards and their effects on the field cannot be activated negate all trap effects on the field that's good that's really good that's oh. really that's like half of all cards you can play i was just about to say like so that card doesn't do anything right well so so like the reason <laughs> that's that we, kind of a shit card the reason that we call this episode this show uh-huh. rather you activated my podcast is it's a very common phrase in the show for them to be like you activated my trap card yeah, because I've they're heard that. always playing those goddamn trap cards. I see. And Jinzo and then goes, you played, nope. Jinzo shops up. And he's like, no, fuck that shit. Fuck you. So that's a good card. But it's bad to look at. No, it's good <laughs> to look at. You like it? I do like it. I mean, it. you're into you're into this stuff. I am see, into this is, stuff. This is why I identified with Bones so much, is because Bones really liked the ghost trick monsters, which he described as not so spooky specters. He appreciates ghouls, but not ghoulish ghouls. Yeah, he like he likes like cheesy Halloween. He likes spoopy things. Uh, yes, yes. Not scary. Bones things. is three spoopy five me. Who's the one? Like, what's the one that likes the actual scary stuff? Then, uh, is Bakura. there anyone? That's Bakura. Yummy Bakura. Yami Bakura played this dude in this episode. Let me pull it up. Um, what was his name? Earl of Demise. Yeah. Ooh, that's badass. I like Earl of Demise. This is this is the card that Bakura played this episode. Mm. 
<laughs> Somebody photoshopped Earl of Demise onto My Name is Earl. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I'm trying to remember Yami Bakura's other name. Why can't I think of it right now? I really like the Earl of Demise as a phrase. It's uh, very good. It's it sounds good. like it would be like a Hogwarts house ghost. Yeah. Earl of Demise. Yeah, it's got kind of a nearly headless Nick yeah. feel to it. Yeah, or the Grey Lady or the... um. The um, Bloody Baron. Mm-hmm. The Earl of Demise. Earl of Demise. Bandit King Bakura is the other name that I was trying to think of. Bandit Ooh. King Bakura. Bandit King. Uh, on the <laughs> on the Wikia for Bakura, it lists his age as 3,000 plus for the Japanese Funimation version or 5,000 plus for the four kids dub. Uh, huh. His relatives are... Zork Necrophades and Bandit King Bakura. They're both his progenitors. <laughs> oh yeah, my cousin Zork. <laughs> Zork. Um, all right. Is this is this battle turning out to be easier than we expected? Yeah. Maybe. Because Jinzo is a very good card. Jinzo's very and good. It's just it's horrifying to look at. So you've got the mm-hmm. psychological edge going on there. Um, he has no business being in a kid's show. No goddamn business and y- whatsoever. <laughs> and yet here he is. Are you are you doing this as like who you like better or who would win in an actual battle? I mean, both of them are kind of going the same way. Because yeah. Jinzo is like way stronger than Karibo. Yeah. Unless yeah. you do some of like Karibo's like special things. But we've talked about this before. We can't include other cards in our judgment here. No. Like what do you in mean? any we we, we have to judge them on the monster alone. We can't think like, "Oh, Karibo has a dope strategy." Oh, I see. If you have him in this type of deck, he's great. Yeah. Right. All yeah, right. Yeah, I think it's Jinzo. I'm afraid that we're going to have to I call this we, in Jinzo. We got to give it to Jinzo. All right. Jinzo, as congratulations. Karibo can be. Jinzo is a horrifying monster that cannot be stopped. <laughs> ding, ding, Jinzo. Moving on to uh, the next round. All right. Next People, week. If you, di- if you disagree with us, I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this god-awful thing. Next week on the show, I just realized we have another disgusting creature coming up. We have Kisatai oh, in the next it? episode. Oh, gross. So I'm not looking forward to talking about further. Ooh, um, I'm excited now. Uh, You'd like Kisatai. My interest is peaked. <laughs> so let's, before we end the show, let's talk real quickly about Yu Gi Oh! Sevens. Yu Gi Oh! Sevens! Yu Gi Oh! Sevens is the next series of Yu Gi Oh! coming after Yu Gi Oh! Vrains. Um, you'll notice, so they do, every now and then, they do these names that are uh, the same as the like number series that it is from Yu-Gi-Oh. So this is the sixth spinoff from Yu-Gi-Oh. It is the seventh Yu-Gi-Oh series and it is called sevens. Just like arc five was the fifth series of Yu-Gi-Oh. They don't do it for everyone for some reason, but when they do chef's kiss Uh, sevens, I'm, I'm looking up on the, on the, the Wikia right now. Um, Lauren, I don't know if you're at all interested in playing the trailer. I, 
it's your podcast. You can right. insert it later. I'll insert it later. Let's let's play the trailer real quick, Jamie. I'm going to send you a link to the trailer that I'm going to watch. Oh, please do. Um, let me find Google Hangouts. Boop, boop, boop. There it is. Okay. So what I've done is I'm, I'm looking up uh, just Yu-Gi-Oh! 7's trailer, um, HD new Yu-Gi-Oh! series. Um, I'm going to wait for the ad to end. Okay. Let's go do back you want to zero. play it at the same time? Yeah, let's play it at the same time. Okay. Uh, okay, we'll do three, two, one, play, okay? Okay. Three, two, one, play. There's already so much about this that I love. First off, the dual disc is a seven. Yep, hence the name. This is way more anime than Yu-Gi-Oh! already. Absolutely. A lot of the style here is similar to Brandon's. It already looks old, though. It does. It does. It already looks dated in a, in yeah. a weird way. The CGI blue eyes. Blue eyes coming out turn one, which all the Yu-Gi-Oh! fans are like, What the fuck? Uh, the main character sounds so much like Naruto. A little bit, yeah. Like, pink-haired anime girl. This may as well be Naruto with cards. Look at all these lasers and explosions. And then we get this this flaming masked uh, uh, sword boy. He looks is, like a puppet. This yeah. is Minna. Minna enters the duel. It's totally Midna. So there we go. Yu-Gi-Oh! Sevens coming out uh, April, I believe. Um, yep. I, I, I looked it up on the Wikia. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Sevens is the seventh Yu-Gi-Oh! anime series and the sixth main spinoff series, which will begin airing in Japan in April 2020. Yep, cool, cool, cool. As with all Yu-Gi-Oh! spinoffs, Yu-Gi-Oh! Sevens introduced a new protagonist, Yuga Udu. <laughs> Whoop. And something continued playing. And ad, an ad is playing somewhere. Oh, God. There we go. Okay. Um, Udu. Udu. <laughs> Udu. Uh, it also features a new mechanic called Rush Duel, which uses a completely redesigned version of traditional Yu-Gi-Oh cards. So yeah, I looked up Rush what a Rush Duel, Duel is. Yeah? It's, have you ever played Mana Drop in Magic? Nope. It's kind of like, uh, well, you know how you get one mana that you can play per turn. Mana drop is you drop to seven cards. If there any of them are land, you can play them immediately and then draw back up to seven. Oh, so everyone okay. starts the game with huge piles of land that, so they can bring out like a whole bunch of creatures at once. And so rush duels is kind of like the same thing, I think, where you can bring out a whole bunch of creatures the first turn. Right. Huh. Okay. I'm I'm into it. I mean, that's so. So is it like if you draw components yeah. for a sacrifice summon, you can sacrifice I'll from just, your hand. I'll read it right off the wiki here. Yeah. When the turn starts, the turn player draws cards from their main deck until they have five in their hand. Both players can special summon as many monsters as possible during a single turn, called continuous summon. Though they can normal summon only once per turn. However, the players can only use cards designed for rush duels, which have a special frame and a tag rush duel at the bottom of the card. Oh, uh, okay. 
So you can just have, uh, if you have a whole handful of Rush Duel cards, you can just play as many of them at once as you can. I'm very excited to see what the plot relevance for having a Rush Duel is. Because, like, in 5Ds, it was like, all right, you got to go fast. And to go fast, you got to duel well. And to duel well, you got to go fast. And there was this, like, speed element. Uh, in Arc 5, there was a balance mechanic. There was the pendulum mechanic, which was reflected in, like, I'm a circus performer, and I have to actually keep my balance while my monsters keep balance and, like, that sort of thing. What is the point of Yuga going fast? Got to go fast? I don't know. I guess we'll find out when we see Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s. Uh, I just want to talk about the plot here. What's that? The plot of 7s. We can talk about the plot real quick. I want to list the characters. The characters listed on the Wikipedia page are hilarious. So there's Yuga Odo. Oh, yeah. uh, Gakuto. I'm going to get this so wrong. I I really apologize. Gakuto uh, Sogetsu. Roman Kirishima. And Luke. Just a character named Luke. Yep. Uh, Tatsuhisa uh, Kamijo, I believe. Um, he's an aspiring lad who aims to become the king of duelists. Okay. Uh, yeah. So y- where where are you reading the plot from? Because I feel like we may be in different pages. I'm on the Yu-Gi-Oh! 7's wiki page. Okay. Why don't you, why don't you read the, the plot summary for me, if you, if you may? In the not-so-distant future, somewhere in time and space? (laughs) No. It does say not-so-distant future, though. Okay, all right. In the not-so-distant future, Goha City is governed by its largest corporation, Goha Corp, which controls everything from schooling to dueling rules to much of daily life. Is this different from Kaiba Corp? (laughs) It's Seattle. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) So, in Amazon land, ruled by Amazon.com, Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s follows Yuga... Uh, Odo? I get, a very I good DS9 Odo, character. Yeah. Constable Odo, who attends Goha 7th Elementary, uh, there's another 7, who decides to change this world, which is too cramped for kids, whatever that means, and battles with his road rush duel while believing in his creations. I don't know what that means either. So, I'm looking at the, the wikia page for, for Yuga. Roads is a pun on his name, Odo, which means royal slash king road. So his last name means royal road. And he has a, he has a road deck. So does he like have cars or something? I'm picturing it's like Mario Kart is what I'm picturing. I'm picturing (laughs) like we're going to get some rainbow road ass shit. I played dry bones in attack position. Yeah. Right. Uh, the 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 description for Yuga, uh, unless you're unless there's more to the plot. Nope, that's it. So the description for Yuga is really interesting. So Yuga Odo is the main protagonist of the upcoming Yu-Gi-Oh! Seven series. He's an enthusiastic fifth grader that tinkers with machines and makes up new rules, which applies to the making of rush duels. So it seems like he has some part in creating the rules for rush duels, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> under so he's like design, trying to go back. He's an elementary school kid who's uh-huh. fighting back against this, like, corporate overlord, I guess. Yeah, so it's kind of the, like, hack the planet sort of thing. I guess. We'll like, fuck your, and, fuck your uh, rules, I'll make new ones. Yeah. 
I reject your reality and substitute my own. That's what he's doing with his rush duels. I am amazed at how little information we get out of the trailer and how much information is in the w- the wiki already. <laughs> Appearance. Yeah, where did they get this info? Appearance. Yuga is a green-eyed short boy with flame-like hair colored auburn and yellow. He wears a long-sleeved red jacket and white sh- with white shoulders, a white shirt with yellow designs, a brown belt around his black shorts and red-blue shoes. He also has blue fingerless gloves. Personality. Yuga is an intelligent, passionate, inventive, but also rebellious young boy. His rebellious actions are justified, however, as he is determined to invent new ways of dueling to make life better for people like him. For people like him? Kids? I guess. Kids just being kids? Despite being extremely intelligent. This is a plot of Kids Next Door. What's that? He's fighting, but this is a plot of Kids Next Door. He's uh, a kid fighting back against the adults. I guess. Oh, here it is. Okay, okay. He dislikes the master duels that most adults do due to being too serious and having too many rules. Instead, he uses his own duel style, rush duels, to entertain himself and the audience. So master oh, he duels. rush duels. Whereas adults are doing boring, the, the dueling equivalent of taxes. Yeah, yeah. So master duels is the term that they introduced in Vrains to describe the standard duel format for previous Yu-Gi-Oh! series. So master duel is just the old way. Just regular duels. Yeah. And he's like, no, Yu-Gi-Oh! will no boring. longer bow to the old gods. I do think it's kind of, You want to talk about their duel discs? The sevens? They turn into, they're, they're just big sevens strapped just to their big arms old now. sevens. Yep. Hey, you know the number seven? What if you had that on your arm? I also want to point out his hair is like the least wacky of any Yu-Gi-Oh protagonist we've seen so far. Yeah, it's almost Except normal. Except for Jaden. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, it's almost normal. We're getting almost. there. But that's I think that's because he, he has blue and pink-haired sidekicks. Yeah, they, they're taking the brunt of the... Uh, anime protagonist hair yeah yeah you had to spread it out spread it around it's diluted all right if you want to talk to us about Yu-Gi-Oh! sevens or anything else we've discussed here on the show please email us at you activated my podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter and instagram at yampod that's y-a-m-p-o-d visit our website heart of the dot cards uh we we have all the stuff there um go play Yugi or not the game uh that i made based on this section that we do with uh with lauren um if you like listening to lauren and i on the show the second episode of our podcast uh just came out it's called egg centric it's a show all about eggs uh we have two episodes out now you can go to sandwich.computer slash egg or find it anywhere that good podcasts are sold it's now available on podcast players that took a bit to do but it's there now yeah for whatever reason apple it wouldn't let me log in my wow, password wasn't rude. wrong it just kept blooping the login page but it, it works now so we're we're in there and it's egg dash centric yep egg centric hyphen centric because it's a little egg centric jimmy we need to have you on uh when your chickens start uh laying eggs you can eat yeah, yeah, start laying once for real. we once I can eat the eggs they're laying because yeah. they're on like anti worm medication, which is not something humans should eat. I guess mm. nope, doesn't sound like it. Uh, I mean, I don't I'd want be worms. Happy to talk about egg. 
Should humans Egg. eat the anti-cannibalism powder? <laughs> it's it the it was specified do not not for intended for human use. Aww. There it is. I don't. I oh yeah, I guess our audience doesn't know what the I hell heard I'm about talking the cannibalism about. powder. Nope. Yeah, so there's this like, I guess sauce that you put on your live hens to stop them from pecking each other to death and eating each other. And the label specifically says reduces cannibalism yeah, not stops cannibalism not prevents cannibalism reduces cannibalism yeah because chickens are, are pretty omnivorous actually in in real life they'll eat meat scraps and things and apparently and apparently other. yeah apparently if a hen is at the bottom of the pecking order and gets pecked too much mm. um it'll like obviously start bleeding and like start a feeding frenzy and yeah. other chickens will kill it and then rip it apart, eat it, and then roost in its carcass. Apparently, <laughs> as is my understanding. So what you're saying is, is that chickens are still dinosaurs. Awesome. Chickens are awesome. What I'm saying is chickens are horrible creatures. I can't believe I have these things in my backyard. Are you safe? <laughs> <laughs> Where will you be when chickens attack? But anyway, don't I eat- think I'm safe. Anyway, don't eat the anti-cannibalism powder. Anti-cannibalism sauce. Uh, And if you want to listen to our show about eggs, it's egg-centric. Sandwich.computer slash egg. Visit heartofthe.cards to visit our Yampod website. Uh, Jimmy is on the Twitter as well, JRBSFX. Yeah. Is there anything else we need to we need to drop? Uh, I don't think so. Hey, go watch the big game this weekend. Hey. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. He's being Joey. You have seen the show. <laughs> neither, neither, that that voice does not apply to either, like like the geographical region of either of the teams in the Super Bowl. Oh well. Yeah. Hey, it's the 49ers. Hey, from Oakland. <laughs> is that an Oakland accent? Are they from Oakland now? now? I thought they were San Francisco. I think they did. They move. I think. I well, think the Raiders used to be Oakland, and then the Raiders moved to Seattle. One of them moved. San Francisco Forty ers They were there for They're a long still time. San Francisco, but they may have moved. Yeah, no, the it was the Raiders. They moved to Vegas. Mm. Oh, that's right. So it's a Vegas accent. They're the. <laughs> hey, it's <laughs> it's Las Vegas. Hey, let's go yeah. gambling. And this now we're just at I'm the accent that I was doing here. earlier that you two mocked. All right, next week on the show, we will be discussing season two, episode 31, Lights, Camera, Duel. Whoa. Until next time. That was good. You don't stand a ghost of a chance.